corporate lawyer Peter Banning is a workaholic who neglects his wife and kids and has no memories of his childhood. While visiting his grandmother Wendy in London, his two kids are kidnapped by someone claiming to be Captain Hook. Faced with the return of an old enemy, Wendy informs Peter of his true identity and glorious past, and Peter must believe in magic once again in the criminally underrated 1991 fantasy epic, Hook. I'm Connor Azagari. And I'm Colton Jenkins. And this is Filmgasm. Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Filmgasm podcast. Today's episode is Colton's first pick on the cycle, our revolving list of personal picks from the team, and he couldn't have chosen a more exciting film to discuss today. Hook is a lifelong favorite of mine, and I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. So let's get right to it. Why did you choose Hook? Because it's the best movie ever made. What are you talking about? Uh, I don't know, man. This is just one of the movies that I could probably watch over and over and over again. And every time I watch it, I pick up on something different. And it, it might just be because I look a little too deep into things. But I think um, I think people overlook a lot of things in this movie. And that's why I really, really like it. Plus, I mean, you know, Robin Williams, fantastic. Yeah, just a great movie. It is a great movie. And I don't know why more people don't see that. I'll, I'll never understand the just general disdain for this film by a lot of people. I mean, it's like we'll get to the scores, uh, critic scores in a bit here, but it shocked me. I mean, I always assumed this was a classic. And I guess yeah. it's just a classic to me and you, apparently. <laughs> I guess I don't know what these people are doing. Every time I, it, 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 when I read a review that's like negative, I always wonder like, maybe I'm in an alternate universe and people are watching a different movie than I am. Like maybe they're watching Dougal or something, and it's just named Hook or something. I don't know. Whenever I read it, like whenever I look at somebody who's like, you know, this is trash. This is a terrible Peter Pan movie. I'm like, who hurt you? exactly somebody didn't hug you as a child is i don't know where your innocence is but it's gone <laughs> i don't know those people need to i was gonna say grow up but that i think defeats the purpose of this movie they need a they need to grow down shrink <laughs> i don't know i don't know i think um peter pan is a is a weird property that i don't think has really ever been done correctly all that well like every peter pan version has issues i mean there's the disney one with it's like super racist native american oh, scenes yeah. there's the 2003 one which is just vaguely obnoxious <laughs> uh they tried to do like a weird metaphysical one a couple years ago called wendy that did not do well oh yeah with all the kids on the island yeah they tried to make it some kind of lord of the flies thing and i don't think that resonated with people yeah, I haven't. I actually haven't seen that one, but um, the one with um, um, oh my gosh, the uh, Hugh Jackman. That one is. Oh, I forgot about that one. Pan. <laughs> that was terrible. Pan. Yeah, that was awful. <laughs> I don't know what people were thinking, man. Oh god. And why is it Blackbeard? I mean, why do that? Why are they singing Nirvana in like a mine? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm so stupid. That was- I completely blocked out that movie. I, I hadn't thought about that in years. Uh, yeah, but it's weird. Peter Pan just 
Peter Pan, King Arthur, and Robin Hood for me always seem to be getting like shit films. Like somebody tries to say, like, I got this. I'm gonna ignore the source material and do my own spin on this. And it never works. Uh Robin Hood. Um uh Robin Hood has one of my favorite quotes in all of movie history. And that's um when Alan Rickman is like, I'll cut your heart out with a spoon. And he's like, why a spoon, cousin? And he's like, cause it's dull, you twit, it'll hurt more. <sighs> one of my favorite random quotes, and I, I don't know if it's in the director's cut or the theatrical, but he's so pissed, he randomly goes like, and cancel Christmas. <laughs> it just walks out. <laughs> oh, that's great. That movie's terrible, but it's got its moments. Yep. <laughs> uh, but Hook works. I don't know why it works. I think it's just this Spielberg magic juice that very few directors have that they can just you know snap their fingers and all of a sudden you know we can fly yeah yeah exactly Uh, so the idea for hook came mostly from screenwriter james v hart who started writing the script after his kids randomly asked him one night at the dinner table daddy did peter pan ever grow up that's that's literally where this came from like his kid was like hey whatever happened to peter pan and dad's like it's a good question. What did happen to Peter Pan? And never stopped thinking about him. <laughs> that's a that's a deep question. I would rather my my kids ask me like, "What happens when we die?" Than did Peter Pan ever grow up? Like, uh... <laughs> I well now we can just show. Well, he did, and this is what happened. <laughs> we can just yeah. you can just show them hook. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that happened. James Hart was like, "All right, let's do this." From there, Steven Spielberg, who'd been trying to crack a Peter Pan story since the early '80s join the project and the rest is history. So Spielberg was like trying to do something with Peter Pan. He wanted to do a musical with Michael Jackson, which fell apart. Thank God. Oh God. No. The last thing we need is Peter Pan is a Michael Jackson, Peter Pan dancing around a bunch of children. Oh my God. That's awful. (laughs) Good God. Um, So Spielberg tried to do that. It fell through. James Hart was like, I'm going to write this hook movie and the rest, they came together and, Production was not easy. Uh, the film's budget ballooned from 48 million to 80 million. Oh, uh, this thing got out of hand really quickly. Uh, a lot of it was, you know, they had big stars attached, big names were attached to this thing. For, I mean, production design was insane, visual effects were insane, everything was huge. And Spielberg wanted it to look real, he wanted it to look nice. So he, he spared no expense, as John Hammond would say. Wow. Yeah. The, the set design for this movie is one. I mean, well, everything about this movie is white and I have to say probably my favorite movie of all time, but the set design is so perfect. Like the, 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 the pirate town, it looks like a bunch of pirates was like, Oh, this'll work. I'll use my boat. It just, I don't know. Everything about the, yeah. Okay. Anyway, continue. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep rambling. (laughs) Oh no, that's, that's what we do. My favorite weird thing about this, and I, I don't know if this cost more or if this was just like favors, but there's so many random cameos from musicians in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Collins has a moment. Jimmy Buffett has a scene. Uh, Rich uh, Crosby from Crosby, Stills and Nash. He's he's one of the pirates who like yells, long live the hook. Like, <laughs> why are there so many 70s musicians in this movie? Oh. <laughs> uh, that can't they can't have been cheap. Uh, oh. 
Well, there was that. And then also uh, working with kids uh, was problematic for Spielberg. Uh, kids are not easy to control on a set. And, you know, you have to do multiple takes because these kids aren't exactly, you know, sitting in their trailers and remembering their lines. They're just fucking around in costumes. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I always, um, what was I just watching? Oh, I was watching the uh, the the Harry Potter Magic Returns thing on HBO. Yeah. And uh, they talked about that for a while, about how, like, you have to be really patient with working with kids because, I mean, they're, they're kids, you know. Yeah. They're going to goof around. But, yeah. They're goofing around, but also you can't just like scream at them like you're Christian Bale and someone's fucking up your lights. Like you got to you can't like hurt them emotionally. Yep. You got to be incredibly, you know, like take 58. Like that was good, but let's try to say what's on the, on the page. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine. Hmm. I mean, every you know, all that film, all that cost adds up. And then uh, additionally, Julia Roberts. Uh, legendarily hard to handle on this set. Really? Oh, yeah. They called her Tinker Hell. Oh, God. Yeah, she had just done Pretty Woman. Uh. Got an Oscar nomination for that. It was a huge hit, so she had a big ego. And it's because of the, the way of Tinkerbell is all... It's a green screen character for the most part, so she's not on set with other actors. So she got a little stir-crazy, started feeling isolated. She took off to, like, some island because of... of an engagement fell through and she kind of panicked like shit went crazy for Julia Roberts on this set. Holy shit. I didn't know that. Oh my God. Yeah. That's kind of the biggest scandal surrounding this movie is like Julia Roberts nearly tanked her career by doing this. Oh my God. Yeah. And apparently she, when she found out about the tinker hell thing, like she felt so betrayed by Spielberg for like calling her a mean name. And I'm like, you, you kind of earned it. Jules, like that's on you. Yeah. She did. And Tinkerbell is uh, I hate her in every iteration of, of Peter Pan. I, I, ha- I hate Tinkerbell so much. I don't I think I think it's weird that she's like lusting after him the whole movie. I'm going to get into that later. The, OK. Yeah. And, and and Wendy, it's gross. OK, I'm, I'm, I want to talk about that later. But yeah, it's disgusting. And I read a theory online that like the whole movie is Tinkerbell's plan to like get Peter to fall in love with her, but it was interesting, but I, I don't know if I believe it, but uh, they had some good points in the, in the theory. So considering she is, is shown in the movie at being really like good at manipulating hook. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that past her, like just planting that idea in his head. That's fucked up, but that's, yeah, I mean, yeah that, that's why they were saying. Cause um like, um, like Hook left the Lost Boys alone. Like, like he didn't touch her home over there, um, and he was really easy to convince to let. Um, like when uh, Tinkerbell and Hook are talking on the boat, he's Captain Hook is really easy to convince. But I have my own thoughts of why he's easy to convince. But I'll get to that later. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, cool stuff to unpack with this movie. I'm excited to get into that discussion. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Uh, Hook is inspired by the timeless story Peter Pan by J.M. Barry, of course. Uh, it was written as a play in 1904, became a novel in 1911, and there have been many adaptations of the story on film. Disney's got another one, uh, live-action remake in the works right now, Peter Pan and Wendy. Uh, Jude Law is going to play Captain Hook. What? <laughs> yeah. I don't know they're making another Peter Pan. Well, I gotta go see that, because... Jude Law is Captain Hook. Hmm. 
maybe it could work. He's 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 hot stuff right now. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, the, Peter and Wendy are unknowns, so fresh kid actors. Um, I'm hoping Tiger Lily is not a white lady this time. <laughs> <laughs> Probably be best to just avoid the Native American stuff altogether. <laughs> Ew, uh, yeah, that would be smart. I saw this meme and it was like uh, every young white male in movies now, it's going to go to Tom Holland. So Tom Holland, we can, we can just assume right now is going to be Peter Pan. Uh, I hope not, but you know. <laughs> I don't think we should have like a 16-year-old Peter Pan played by a 30-year-old white actor. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. No, not at all. You've got to be like, you know, 10, 11 years old. you got to be a kid, not a teenager. It'd yeah, be exactly. weird. I think it'll work out. I mean, their track record with adapting their live action or their uh, cartoons to live action has been pretty, pretty good. There's been a couple misses, but overall, I've enjoyed most of them. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Oscar winning director Steven Spielberg helmed hook. And if you don't know who Steven Spielberg is, what are you doing listening to a movie podcast? Like (laughs) you've got homework. Uh, He's the guy who gave us Indiana Jones, Jaws, Jurassic Park, E.T., and so many more. He's won three Oscars, two Best Director for Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan, and won Best Picture for producing Schindler's List. He's also nominated for Best Director for Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Saving Private Ryan, Munich, Lincoln, and West Side Story. And he was nominated for Best Picture for E.T., The Color Purple, Saving Private Ryan, Munich, Letters from Iwo Jima, War Horse, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, The Post, and West Side Story. Uh, I didn't know he did The Post. That's a really good one. I like that movie. I think it's a little uh, underrated. Yeah. Um, uh, so Spielberg is just, you know, he's Steven Spielberg. I mean, we just did uh, Jaws on Oscar Sunday and pretty much just like kind of stroked this guy for two hours. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's made so few bad movies that, I mean, his name is synonymous with film itself, with pop culture. It's just, he's Spielberg. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, ever since you let me, you know, do episodes on this podcast, I'm realizing how little film I've actually seen. And you're going to hate me for this, but I've actually never seen Jaws. But I know, I know. But wow. one of my one of my coworkers, he asked me what you, what my favorite movie was. And I said, Hook. And he said, no, it's not. It's Jaws. And I was like, I've never seen Jaws. And he was like, that's fine. Jaws is everyone's favorite movie, whether they know it or not. And I was like, all right, yeah. That makes sense. I love that reaction to what's your favorite movie? It's this. No, it's not. It's this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I got to start doing that to people. There you go. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, you should definitely carve out some time for Jaws. It's one of the greatest movies of all time. I, I definitely will. Yeah. <sighs> That's great. I don't, I don't remember the last person I met who hasn't seen Jaws. It's like sorry. one of those I'm universal sorry. classics. I'm sorry. I've seen Piranha. <laughs> in fact i i saw piranha at this like uh, like party thing they had this giant blow up projector screen and i watched it in a pool while it was being projected and it was awful i wanted to get out of the pool like you know yeah they, um, they do that at lake travis uh for jaws it's called jaws on the water yeah. and they do a giant blow up screen they have you know on the lake they have uh pool floaties and stuff and they have divers grabbing people's legs that's awful. I think you have to sign a waiver to be like, like, if you drown, it's not our fault. 
Yes, it is. What? <laughs> okay. Oh my god! I always wanted to do that, but it's like super expensive and it sells out so quickly. And of course, with the pandemic, it hasn't happened in a long time. Yeah. But I want to do that. So that's on my bucket list. Jaws on the water at Lake Travis. I want to do that so bad. That would be so cool. <laughs> oh. uh, next up, Oscar winner Robin Williams plays Peter Banning, the lawyer who was once Peter Pan. Williams won his Oscar for his performance in Goodwill Hunting, was also nominated for his performances in Good Morning Vietnam, Dead Poets Society, and The Fisher King. He was one of the most iconic, respected, and likable comedians of all time. Some of his major roles include Aladdin, Mrs. Doubtfire, Jumanji, The Birdcage, Awakenings, and the TV series Mork and Mindy, where he got his big break. Uh, Williams tragically died in 2014 at 63 years old from a suicide following a debilitating dementia diagnosis, and the world never felt the same again. Uh, he was diagnosed yeah, never, with dementia? He was diagnosed with a very like rare horrific form of dementia and decided I'm not going to rot from the inside out. I'm taking my own way up, which I can respect. Wow. I did not know. I did not know that. Oh my God. That's awful, man. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, he's, he, his whole career, his whole life was built on his quickness, on his improvisation. He was so fast and to lose that. I, I can't imagine what he, you know, what he felt in those final final months knowing where it was going. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was in the parking lot at HEB when I got a text from my buddy Caleb, like, dude, if you've seen the news and I, I looked it up and I'm like, holy shit. It was one of the moments of like, it, the world hasn't felt the same since like we lost a, a lot of, a lot of heart that day. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. He was such a big part of my childhood, like not just hook, but you know, Aladdin, Jumanji, like these were, Big movies for me growing up, and I'll like I've I've just I've missed him every day. Yeah, he's like a he's like a light, I'd say, especially to like the. I think um, him playing Peter Pan, like personifies everything that Robin Williams like did. You know, I mean he he didn't he didn't just do work for for children, obviously, but you know, just being like um, I don't know, like a ray of happiness to be corny but yeah that's what he was yeah he it's still true is. yeah he's still and you know his films are gonna you know last forever um i remember i watched his um acceptance speech when he won the oscar for goodwill hunting and he said um he wants to thank his dad who told him like when he said he wanted to be an actor he said that's great but make sure you get a backup job like welding <laughs> <laughs> just never never stopped he never stopped he was he was the best and he i love him as, as peter pan oh yeah it was nearly Tom Hanks. It was this close? Really? Yeah. I did not know that. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I guess they just they wanted you know you need somebody likable and charming to play Peter Pan, and it's either Robin Williams or Tom Hanks. In exactly, <laughs> one of those two. Yeah. I'm glad it was Robin Williams though. I don't know if Tom Hanks could have brought the same like childlike you know aspect to the to the character. I don't know. I mean, he did just do big. So I, that I, could is see, I could see why he was considered. Yeah. But can he crow? <laughs> I guess we'll never know. <laughs> that's the that's the question. <laughs> that's great. Um, Oscar winner Dustin Hoffman plays Captain James Hook 
and is arguably the best to ever do it. He is the star of this film. It's it's amazing. I don't even see Dustin Hoffman in that in that costume. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. His voice is so soothing. His voice is so soothing when he's playing likable characters. Not saying that Hook isn't a likable character in this movie because I personally think he is, but um, when he's evil in this movie, he's like he's kind of intimidating. Like the way that his soothing voice is like I don't know how it's like it's like sandpaper, you know. Yeah, I think it's funny that like there are moments where like you just you're captivated by him. You're mesmerized like he's such a charming pirate. But then there's moments you're like, oh, this man's killed a lot of children. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Captain Hook, the character of Captain Hook, man. Um, He's evil. Like every every like Disney villain has, you know, is evil. But Captain Hook is murdering children. And in this in this movie, he kidnaps Peter Pan's children. That's horrible. And in, in the in the Disney cartoon, um, he sends a present to Peter Pan, and it's a bomb, dude. It's a he, he sends he sends a thirteen year old child a bomb. Villainous man. Yeah, he's he's a monster, and this film never shies away from that. He's very much you know the kind of uncrowned king of Neverland that everyone fears, like, dramatically. Oh, yeah. Except Smee. Smee's just there. Yeah, yeah, I love Smee. Smee's chilling. Smee's along for the ride. Like, at the at the very end of the... At the not the, at the very end, but um, when, you know, there's the war going on at the end of the movie, Smee runs inside of the cabin, and he's like, he's like, Smee, Smee's me. What about Smee? He's like, for the first time, he's like, oh, wait, I'm a person. What do I want? And he starts taking all the jewelry and stuff to leave. Yeah, it's great. I do love that. Like a, a very long friendship is it's is like about to crumble. And Smee's like, well, what do I want? And his immediate instinct is I'm going to rob this asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's been eating bites out of his food his whole, you know, his whole life. So, I mean, I, I, it doesn't surprise me that he's going to rob him. That scene is so funny when he's just like preparing a plate, just taking a bite out of everything. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but Dustin Hoffman, uh, he won his two Oscars for his performances in Kramer versus Kramer and Rain Man, both great movies, oh, yeah. and was nominated for The Graduate, Midnight Cowboy, Lenny, Tootsie, and Wag the Dog. He was also in Marathon Man, Straw Dogs, All the President's Men, Meet the Fockers, Outbreak, and Kung Fu Panda as the voice of Master Shifu. Uh, Have you seen... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. Have you seen Stranger Than Fiction with Will Ferrell? (laughs) A long time ago. He plays like a psychologist, psychiatrist. He plays a a psychologist in that movie. And he's he's very good in that movie. If If you haven't seen it in a long time, you should... You know, I think yeah, do a do a refresh. And if you haven't seen the movie, you need to watch it. Really remember, good. I watched it when I, when it came out. I remember thinking like I thought it was going to be funnier because it was Will Ferrell. I didn't realize I was going in for a dramedy. But now I I'll, I'll be prepared for that. Oh yeah, I I think I actually cried at the end of that movie, and I <laughs> that's the only Will Ferrell movie I've ever cried in. Yeah. I. Dustin Hoffman's got a rep for being, you know, a meticulous, perfectionist, difficult. But who doesn't? It's Hollywood. 
And yeah. he's his performances speak for themselves. I mean, he's a two-time Oscar winner. Kramer versus Kramer brought tears to my eyes. Mm-hmm. And Hook is just beautiful, his performance in this. Uh, my favorite Dustin Hoffman story, it was, I told this on a, a recent episode. I don't remember which show it was, um, but it was on the set of Marathon Man where Dustin Hoffman is working with Lawrence Olivier, one of the most like iconic, respected actors of all time. And there's a scene where Dustin Hoffman has to look like he just ran two miles. So he goes and runs two miles. And (laughs) he comes up to Lawrence Olivier, you know, covered in sweat, panting. And Olivier goes to him and says, you know, next time you could try acting. (laughs) They get shut down by Olivier like that is just perfect. Oh my God. <laughs> method acting. I don't I don't agree with it. <laughs> method acting? No. Oh my god. Um fucking um Jared Leto and his quote unquote method acting for Joker, dude. I think I think it ruined I don't think it ruined method acting because to me method acting has always been like weird. I don't want to say icky, but I guess icky, yeah. But I'm, uh, I get preparing for a role. I get wanting to get into a character's mindset. But when you're just like intruding on other people's lives and creating unnecessary problems for yourself and the people around you, it's not performance anymore. It's psychosis. Oh yeah, for sure. That's why. That's why I don't think. I think uh, like Joaquin Phoenix. He's a great actor, but. He, he can't all be there, man. He's he's got maybe I'd say maybe like a couple screws a little bit loose, you know. Yeah, yeah. Jared Leto, especially like recently, you know, on Morbius, it was just in, like it was discovered that he was actually walking around in crutches like the whole time. Like he fucked up his gait by walking in crutches. On it's Morbius. It's a Sony superhero movie. Oh. You don't need that kind of commitment. Did you see it yet? I did, yes. Oh God, I don't even know if I should. You, you don't need to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not for those prices. I recommend waiting for like a three dollar rental. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll probably end up doing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Hoffman is one of you know he's a me- he's known to be a method actor. He's done crazy shit. I know on the set of Kramer versus Kramer, he slapped the shit out of Meryl Streep to get her to cry. And she was like, that was great for the performance, but don't you ever touch me again. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> She's never worked with him since because she was like, that was crazy. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. But we'll always have Captain Hook. He slapped Meryl Streep? Well, this was in the 70s when she wasn't Meryl Streep. You know, she was just, oh, okay. <laughs> just starting out. So he's like, I can slap her and get away with it. Holy shit, dude. Just fucked up in itself. Yeah. Pretty wild. I'll never, I'll never forgive her for what she did to Anne Hathaway, though. <laughs> I've seen a good chunk of that movie. I've yet to watch the whole thing. <laughs> it's a really good movie. I, um, I guess I guess it is a chick flick, but it's it's so good, man. It... <laughs> when I have a stretch of free time, I want to just marathon all of Meryl Streep's Oscar-nominated films because that's like a thirty-something films. Oh yeah, I like to see like. Did she earn all these? I feel like she didn't earn all of those. <laughs> I mean, that's inc- that's crazy. You can't be that consistent. She just like looked at the people doing the nominations and they're like, oh, fuck. 
That's how it works sometimes. That's how it, I feel like it works sometimes. We're like, oh, Streep's got another one. There's there's one. <laughs> um, speaking of Oscar-winning actresses, Julia Roberts plays Tinkerbell. She won her Oscar for her performance in Aaron Brockovich, was also nominated for Steel Magnolias, Pretty Woman, and August Osage County. Some of her other films include My Best Friend's Wedding, Michael Collins, The Pelican Brief, Flatliners, Notting Hill, and Ocean's Eleven. And uh, I've kind of always hated her. I've okay, never I, liked Julia Roberts. I was just about to ask you if you like her. Um, I don't know what it is about her, but I don't. Every time she's in a movie, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit. I don't. I don't like her. She's obnoxious and thinks she's God's gift to acting, which I don't like. She yes. treats people like shit. Uh, and I don't like her films have never been in my wheelhouse anyway. Like she does a lot of, you know, rom-coms and chick flicks. And I just never cared for that stuff. I find it kind of derivative. Yeah. Uh, but even in films like this, I'm like, she's knowing, you know, what she's doing on production and just causing all sorts of hell. Mm-hmm. It, it hurts, you know, your rep, like, you know, take for instance, you know, the recent uh, Oscars controversy with Will Smith. Like that's going to taint every film he's ever done for a lot of people. It's yeah. Yeah. It sucks when, when you can't control your outside image and it seeps into your performances, like you might as well hang it up. I'm going to say one thing about that. Uh, he needs to leave Jada. That's all I'm going to say stop right there. <laughs> that is the most toxic fucking relationship I've seen Dude, on the public scene in a very long time. Yeah. Uh. But, I just said he needs to leave her. I got to look out now. I'm going to get get my shit rocked walking on the street. He's going to come find me. I said be, his wife's name. <laughs> that would be kind of hilarious if like Will Smith fucking has like Terminator like ears and he heard <laughs> that and now he's on his way to kick your ass. <laughs> oh my God. I would be so fucking scared. I, I would I would love if it happens mid episode. Like we're talking about Hook. All of a sudden Will Smith barges in, slaps the shit out of you. <laughs> If I see him running in the street towards my house, I'm just turning on iRobot and just pretending I'm a super fan. <laughs> like <laughs> oh, that film needs at least one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh boy. You didn't uh, like it? You didn't like iRobot? I I don't know. <laughs> I've I watched it when it came out. I had it on DVD as a kid. I haven't seen it in over a decade. Oh, okay. uh, I don't have a lot of fond memories of it. Like, I don't remember big things from it. I just remember this one scene where Will Smith, like, fake sneezes and says, I'm sorry, I'm allergic to bullshit. <laughs> I, I don't remember mo- pretty much anything else, just that. <laughs> I think um, the scene in the, in the movie, if you remember, it's when he's, like, uh, he's, like, interrogating the robot. And then the robot, he's, like, telling him about emotion. And then the robot gets angry. He slams his fist on the table and he's like, I did not murder him. Okay, I remember. Yeah, that's anger. Yeah, I was like, that's a pretty, it's a pretty cool scene. Okay, maybe I need to give that another shot. Plus, Uh, uh, Jada looks like the robot in that movie, you know, pink ball and everything. So you know, Jesus Christ. Oh, now he, oh, he heard that one. I know. (laughs) Oh, there he is. (laughs) Oh boy. Uh, Next up, Oscar nominee Bob Hoskins plays Mr. Smee, Hook's first mate. Hoskins was nominated for his performance in Mona Lisa. Some of his most well-known performances include The Long Good Friday, Super Mario Brothers, Brazil, Mermaids, Enemy at the Gates, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Hoskins died in 2014 at 71 years old from a bout with pneumonia, 
And uh, I've always adored Bob Hoskins. He's been one of my favorite character actors forever, ever since I saw Roger Rabbit when I was a kid. Yes, for sure. He's just, he's so, every character he plays, even the, oh, Vance? Roger Rabbit, is that the character's name? Valiant. Valiant. Even even Valiant's character. He just always seems like he's in a good mood. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to act alongside cartoons, and I thought he pulled it off perfectly. Like I believed it. Uh, I want to take, take him out to coffee. Not Valiant, you know. No. I love him as Smee. I love this just like kind of hopelessly devoted, like goober who just <laughs> <laughs> loves Hook to death. Goober, that is a good way to describe Smee. There we go, goober. That's what he is. Fucking goober. There was a movie uh, he did in 01 called Enemy at the Gates, which was a, uh, a biopic of Russian sharpshooter Vasily Zaitsev during World War II. Yeah. And he plays, uh, Hoskins plays Nikita Khrushchev and oh. goes full Cockney English on the accent. <laughs> it's hilarious hearing Khrushchev be like, you fucking what, mate? I'll tell you what, mate. Like, this is so weird. <laughs> what the fuck? Are you serious? Jude Law plays the sharp, the sharpshooter, and he. All the Russians are English. What? It's, it's, what? And is all the Germans movie? are American. Like, Rich Ed Harris plays the German sharpshooter. Oh my god! I have to watch this movie now. It's so accidentally hilarious. There's a random sex scene in the like the trenches. That makes no sense. Like, why are they, why are they fucking now? Like, shit's about to go down. This is not the moment. Oh my god, that's great. It's a, it's an oddball. <laughs> but I always remember just seeing Hoskins like storm in there and be like, you know, you're gonna die for the right reasons, eh? <laughs> we're, we're Russians, aren't we? <laughs> fucking comrade. <laughs> <laughs> my god. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. I mean, he, he he plays a if he plays a I mean, he played an Italian plumber just perfectly. You know what I mean? So obviously he's gonna play a Russian. You know? oh I've, I can't wait to watch Super Mario Brothers eventually for Beyond the Bad. I mean, it's I've seen clips and I'm like, who who made this shit? Like, who played Mario? Was like, I know exactly what to do <laughs> for my movie. <laughs> It's it's such a bad movie. It's no, no, mm, it's an enjoyable bad movie. Those are the best. Yeah. I mean, it's it's Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, and Dennis Hopper. I mean, that that alone's got to be like worth watching for a little bit. That's all you need. <laughs> um, next up, Oscar winner Maggie Smith plays Granny Wendy, uh, Peter's oldest friend and now grandmother. Although uh, Wendy would have liked to go further than that. <laughs> We'll get disgusting. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fucked up. Like, I can't have you, but go ahead. Take my granddaughter. <laughs> Just, um, we'll, we'll, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll get to it. Oh, we definitely will. Cause, cause I realized, I know you're going to think I'm stupid for realizing this on this rewatch, even though I've seen this movie too many times to count, but um, I realized something that makes it even more gross. It actually makes sort of the whole situation kind of gross, but I'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Okay, I can't wait. 
Um, Smith won her Oscars for her performances in The Prime of Miss Jean Brody and California Suite. She was also nominated for Othello, Travels with My Aunt, A Room with a View, and Gosford Park. These days, she's known mostly as either Professor McGonagall from the Harry Potter films or Violet Dowager Countess of Grantham on Downton Abbey, which won her three Emmys and is somehow best, now a film franchise. <laughs> best perform. Have you seen Downton Abbey? I have not. It is such a good show. Like, I, it's not like something that I would typically go for in a TV show or a movie, but it's so good, man. And her, the character she plays, I think is my favorite performance that she's done. Even better than McGonagall, I think. She's perfect. I cannot see her now and not see the Dowager Countess like at all. Interesting. I, I've never bothered with Downton Abbey. It just is so outside my wheelhouse, but I don't know. Maybe it just, it's, it's done so well. Like it is not, it's just disgusting, like drama, but it <laughs> gets you involved. It just gets you. It just grabs you by its claws. So, so well, maybe I'll have to check it out, but. If I watch Downton Abbey before I watch Chucky, Caleb will literally kill me. <laughs> so we'll, put the, we'll put that on the back burner. There you go. Yeah. Uh, now to talk about the kids for a bit. Uh, Charlie Corsmo plays Jack, Peter's son. He was also in Dick Tracy, What About Bob, and Can't Hardly Wait before retiring from acting to become an assistant professor of law at Case Western Reserve University School of Law. So ironically, Peter Pan's kid grew up, became a lawyer. That is hilarious. <laughs> and I remembered it from Dick Tracy. He's just, his name's Kid. Like, there wasn't a lot of thought put into that character. But uh, he stood out. Uh, and then Amber Scott plays Maggie, uh, Peter's daughter. And this is the only movie she's ever done. <laughs> Are you serious? Yep. There was no career. And I looked up her, like, for, um, you know, I looked up her IMDb and everything. And it upset me that she is smoking hot. I just found the picture. I was going to say. Yeah, I'm like, I've seen her as a little girl my entire life in this movie. And now I'm like, I, I don't like those feelings. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Anyway, I mean, it, yeah. it, it can't be any grosser than what Wendy does to Peter. But I mean, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, this is her only film. Uh, I guess on, and then she presented or she performed the song uh when you're alone at the oscars like so not a lot of the kids didn't really go anywhere which is interesting i'm surprised uh, because for kids they weren't they weren't bad at all yeah they weren't i don't really have anything on the lost boys uh i don't think any of them really went anywhere either <laughs> well except rufio's oh, rufio. i guess he's not really in anything now not that i know of but i mean he voiced um Prince Zuko and Avatar. Oh, right on. I com- I I completely accidentally left out Rufio on my on my script here. But oh. <laughs> good shout. Good shout. <laughs> Rufio's a, a point of contention for some people. A lot of people are bothered by him. Yeah, I am too. <laughs> I don't mind him. I mean, someone's got to protect these kids from from pirates. It might as well be the the skunk kid. <laughs> I guess. Huh. But then he fucking dies. What a loser. Well, last that, words. Well, I know, I know something we're going to be talking about soon. 
Um, Hook has an IMDb score of 6.8. Rotten Tomato score of only 29%. What the fuck? Yeah, that's that's awful. So, to to be fair, the critic score is 29, but the um the audience score I think was 76, right? Yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Something. Yeah, I don't. There should do. I don't know how Rotten Tomatoes work. I I, I don't know how it works. Do they like rewatch older films and like give it a new score depending on how well it does now or? The way the way it works is they've got a a giant like team of reviewers and these people review movies all for through all time. And if it's positive, it's a, a, a fresh score. And if it's negative, it's a negative score. And the score for a movie fluctuates depending on the amount of negative or positive scores. And that's constantly changing for every film. I mean, The Godfather used to be 100 percent. Now it's like 99 percent because some schmo didn't like it. <laughs> you know, you know oh, yeah. I, I have something funny about the godfather so um when i was a senior in high school i made the mistake not not a mistake um i told my dad that i hadn't seen the godfather um, and he lost his shit and in order for me to watch the godfather i i, I think it was hbo someone had this thing called the godfather epic which was all three movies, but they had been edited to be in chronological order. And it's like five hours long. It is so long. If it's Godfather three as well, was was three in there too? Yes. It was all three movies in chronological order. That's about eight hours right there. Because they're all all about two and a half hours long. God damn. Yeah. But it was cool to see because like... um, like like the beginning of the movie shows like where it all started, which I believe yeah. is only comes up in like the second movie. I think I'm not, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Part two is half Michael and half young Vito's story. Yeah. So that was weird when I actually did watch Godfather one, I was like, Whoa, where the fuck is the beginning of the movie? Huh. I was like, Oh no, that's Godfather two. Holy shit. That's a neat way to be introduced to the Godfather though. That Epic giant version of the movie. That's crazy. <laughs> I think I honestly I think it tainted it though because like I wanted to go to bed. <laughs> I, I mean, doing it in one sitting, I mean that's an entire day. I mean that's it that's was impressive. an entire day. Yeah. Jesus. God damn. Um, I know recently Coppola released a director's cut of Godfather Three that's supposedly better. Uh, a lot of like people on you know, Al Pacino and Diane Keaton and like they came out and said like, oh yeah, this is great, but like. Of course, you said it. Like you're in the movie. Yeah, you're in the movie. <laughs> oh, and I haven't seen The Godfather Three enough to like be able to differentiate, like tell when, like what's different. I've seen it three times and it doesn't stick. It's so <laughs> boring. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it someday. Yeah. Um, despite critical condemnation, Hook grossed over three hundred million worldwide on an $80 million budget. So financially it was a huge hit. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Well deserved. Very happy to hear that. Yeah. Very well deserved. It was also nominated for five Oscars. Uh, best art direction, best costume design, best visual effects, best makeup and best original song for when you're alone. Uh, I think Dustin Hoffman should have been up for best supporting actor. Probably won. <laughs> oh, it should have won every single one of those awards, except 
one year alone. I'm not bashing it, but eh, I don't like it when kids sing. It's not a good song. I don't really know why that's <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> uh, it's since I think it's become a cult classic at this point, uh, particularly after Robin Williams passing, because a lot of his films were reevaluated and Hook got a lot more praise than it, than it has in the past. Oh, yeah. I saw that they did like a, they did a reunion or something. I didn't watch the reunion. I, I scrolled past it on on uh, YouTube. Um, but yeah, I saw they did a reunion. So that, that's pretty cool. I remember a few years ago they were doing a um, Hook feast at the Alamo Draft House. What? And it was like a three or four course meal. And I nearly went and then I saw that tickets were 80 bucks a pop. Nope. And I'm nope. like, I, I don't know. Do they have the pie? The the multicolored pie? The just multicolored icing pie? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. There's this, there's this YouTuber I love because I love to cook. His name is Binging with Babish. Um, and he made the that pie from the movie. And the video is hilarious because the entire first half of the video. Um, so, so the way he, he makes his videos is he films like from the from the neck down waist up so you can see everything that he's doing with to the food but the yeah. first half of the video um you know he's like narrating what to do but he is not there's nothing in the bowls like he's he's like add three cups of flour to the mixing bowl and it's there's nothing there because it's he's using his imagination and it's great yeah so good that's clever i like that <laughs> i've always that's been one of the most like I don't know why food always looks so much more appetizing in movies. I've always wanted to try the like vague animal leg that he was eating. Like, I don't know what animal that was. <laughs> I want Thud's cheese. Thud's cheese. <laughs> of course, they named the fat black kid Thud. Like, come on, man. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, at least he's own. You know, he embraces it. You know, he's rolling down stairs oh, yeah. to knock down Pyre. I feel like I could withstand the e- slow momentum of a rolling fat child. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh with that, let's let's get into this thing. Let's talk. Yes. Okay. Um so, we open we start out pretty slow um at ironically a school play of Maggie in Peter Pan. And I love that it's an accurate a depiction of a school play because the teacher is off to the side feeding Maggie all of her lines. <laughs> yep, I, I love that too. It's so so good. <laughs> and Peter just takes a phone call in the middle of the play. How rude! Oh, fucking asshole. I I was taking notes. Okay, well before I started watching the movie, I was like, all right, I'm going to take notes on this watch through. I ended up only writing two things down. The first thing I wrote down is "hang up the phone, asshole," and the second thing I wrote is. John fucking Williams. I don't know. I guess I, I like the soundtrack or something. But it is. I did exactly the same thing. I'm like, I'm going to take meticulous notes. And then I was like, I know this movie. I, <laughs> yeah. This is Hook. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, John Williams is a rock star. It's a, I mean, it speaks to his career that he wasn't nominated for this. And this is one of my favorite scores of his. It's so good. Yeah. The, I, the, the theme of when they come home and you mm-hmm. see like the, the hook like scratch like the the scratch going all the way up the stairs it's so good man it just it just you know has like the dread and the adventure it's so oh my god and you can always tell a john williams score like just from the 
he's the best. He's the goat. I love the little teases of Hook's theme at the beginning of the movie when you like just, you know, like on the when they're panning across the painting and you see Hook in the painting and it's like you hear the little music sting. And then my all time favorite moment music moment is uh, it's called presenting the hook. And it's when Smee and the rest of the pirates are like chanting hook going up to give the captain his hook. The oh, music yeah. playing there is fucking awesome. Yeah, so good. So good, dude. Yep. Oh, um, I wrote down one thing, and I think it's something we're talking about. <laughs> Was his name James Hook before he lost his hand? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Cause that's because that's pretty like that's some like prophetical shit. That like your name's Hook. One day you lose your hand, you become Captain Hook. It's like, <laughs> like you should have saw that coming. <laughs> My um, so okay, so I think I think Captain Hook before he got to Neverland, he obviously was a pirate before because like what like what else? Um, so I don't know. Maybe he maybe he had like a a hook, but you know it was like a shitty Halloween costume hook. You know, we had the little handle <laughs> under the the nub. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, on the uh, Once Upon a Time series on ABC, which I I keep wanting to like, but that it's it's so much it's it's like three good seasons and four shitty ones. <laughs> uh, but in season three, they go to Neverland because Peter oh. Pan is a psycho kidnapping children. Oh, okay. And Captain Hook is his arch nemesis, but Hook's actually a decent guy who got the fuck out of there. And it was a cool take on it, and. Uh, Captain Hook's real name is Killian Jones, and he only became Captain Hook after he lost his hand in a way I don't remember because I've burned most of that series out of my head. <laughs> but that, that was neat. I like the Peter Pan arc in that story, and now I know he wasn't always Captain Hook. When he lost his hand, people just started calling him Captain Hook because people suck. It's, yeah, man, you know, that is true. But, yeah, I mean, because the story is, you know, Peter Pan cut off Captain Hook's hand, fed it to a crocodile. But so, ah, that's a good question. I haven't thought about that. Maybe. I don't know. know. Maybe it was like Carl or something. (laughs) Don't know. I'm pretty sure he's still James something. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. But like, I don't know. Maybe he's, I don't know any famous pirates. We got like, I know Blackbeard and that's all. So I I got nothing. (laughs) But I'm sure he had a name. He was a person. James, I have two hands. He was old, J- old Jimmy Two Hands. <laughs> <laughs> then he lost that. <laughs> oh fuck, man! <laughs> oh. uh, that's uh, so Peter's taking this phone call, and he's talking like right next to his kid. Like, I need a meeting tomorrow, and the kid's like, "I got a baseball game," and he's like, "Well, we'll make it a short one." No. Oh. Like, and then, and then to constantly lie to his kids, be like, I, my word is my bond. Bullshit. So, yeah. So he says, my word is my bond. And uh, Captain Hook says it later. Mm. But, yeah. I'm going to, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Important bit of dialogue, I think. Oh, yeah. I love the, the foreshadowing. Yes. Uh, so at the baseball game, Dad's not there. He totally sends one of his, he sends like his assistant with a video camera. Like that's just as good. (laughs) 
I love Sometimes. he has to task her like which kid is yours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, dude. <laughs> and the 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 guy that plays Jack Jack, the actor that plays Jack, I forgot his name, but he's so good. The look, the look in the in the, in the poor kid's face when he realizes his dad's not there at the ball game, man. It's just it's heartbreaking. I think I find it funny. Um I recently found out that I always thought my mom enjoyed this movie. Turns out she was just watching it because I was always watching it as a kid. She hates this movie. What? And the reason she hates it is because of the kids. She finds Jack and Maggie obnoxious and annoying. And I'm like, those kids are neglected. (laughs) Yeah. So they are annoying, but rightfully so. Yeah. If my dad kept lying to me and manipulating me and getting my hopes up, I would be pissed at him too. Exactly. So, um, like, um, Peter's like, uh, self, uh, his attitude is rubbing off on Jack. Jack is becoming Peter Banning. Unfortunately, he's becoming sort of an asshole, which I liked. I liked a lot. I also really liked the baseball scene at work because it's like, um, I like how it like jumps back and forth between Peter at work and Jack at the baseball game because they're both in like their in like their zone like that's like the real them like because Peter's like a workaholic he's at his game and Jack is you know being a kid at baseball he's in his game doing his thing you know that's a that's a good that's that's good insight I like that uh I love the little phone duel that Peter has with his buddy <laughs> yeah <laughs> so goofy um but it also I, I love how in Neverland like Jack is so quick to forget his life back at home because he hates it. He hates that his daddy, he thinks his dad doesn't love him. Whereas Maggie is so like, she knows her mother loves her and she refuses to forget. But Jack is gone immediately. Like until Peter shows up and rescues him. Like he becomes little hook really fast. I think I know why. Why? I have a, I have a thought. I think Neverland itself is sort of like a, it's malevolent. I think it's not, I don't think it was ever supposed to be inhabited. I think it's actually like a horrible place because I, I think I have a thought that Neverland makes you forget your past completely. And that's why everyone like Jack forgot his past. He was like, Hey, do I know that guy? And Captain was like, no, you've never seen him before at all. What are you talking about? So I, th- I think it makes you forget. I think it makes you forget your past. Cause it happens to uh, so It happens. Um, it happens to Jack. It happens to Peter when he becomes Peter Pan. He completely forgets why he was there for a second. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's, hmm, I don't think I ever caught on to that. That's really good. Yeah. Neverland is kind of, you know, manipulating their memories and like keeping them there. Mm-hmm. I wonder, if, I would love, to, I love that, that. I wonder if that's ever been explored in one of these adaptations. Like the oh, fact no. that like there's some dark force in Neverland that's like just, feeding off this that'd be cool i think, I think it's like uh it's negative feelings i mm-hmm. think is what makes you forget your past i think neverland feeds off of negative emotion because the only people that remember they're like um thud he talks about his mother that's because he's always happy but peter pan is depressed he forgets why he's at neverland jack is like mentally destroyed and he forgets everything yeah, and Hook is bent on revenge, so I think he he has a positive emotion. I'm gonna get there in a second. When, when we talk about Hook on the boat, I'm gonna 
I'm going to talk about my biggest thought about, about this movie. Okay. Uh, so obviously Peter does not get there in time immediately picks up the phone. Like, well, miss this one ne- on to the next thing. Next deal. Yeah. And uh, then they go to London and there's some turbulence in the plane. Uh, the, the voice of the pilot on the intercom, by the way, is Dustin Hoffman. Is it really? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Love that. Uh, find out Peter has a fear of flying, which I'm sure manifested in his like determination to never go back to Neverland when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like he developed a fear of flying because of that, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I like, uh, he's like, he's like, why don't I have a parachute? <laughs> what the fuck did you, why do you think you don't have a parachute, dad? You suck. <laughs> I do love that little joke he does at the office when he's like, well, if it's, you know, if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. He's like, well, what if it's the pilot's time to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just so quick. But uh, yeah, uh, Peter goes to talk to Jack. He's like, why didn't I have a parachute? He's like, take a wild guess. <laughs> yeah. God, man. That's uh, one thing I like about this movie is the dialogue. None of it seems like, um, I feel like sometimes like a lot of, directors don't they don't get how kids talk but in this movie i think they they did it pretty 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 well that's why um i'm I'm gonna embarrass myself a little bit Uh, when COVID first started i actually wrote a like a five page analysis about this movie just (laughs) because i was bored one day and one of the things i wrote is i love how um the insults that they use in this movie is such it's so childish so childish, man, and it just it fits so well with this movie. <laughs> yeah, so good. I do love that the insult battle between Peter and Rufio. It's one of my favorite parts. Oh god. <laughs> I'll tell you what a paramecium is. That is a paramecium. It's a single cell organism that can't fly. Oh my god, it's so good. I always love when he calls him a substitute chemistry teacher. <laughs> yeah. It's such a weird insult. <laughs> No, he says the the last insult, and he says to Rufio, he's like, "Hey, Rufio, why don't you?" He's, he's a, he says, "Why don't you go suck on a dead dog's nose?" Like, oh fuck, dude, that's horrible. Jeez. Well, I love that it's it's Peter slowly regressing to child, like more and more childish insults, yes. and then he's just throwing the the fake food, and it triggers his imagination. It's, so it's great. Ah. <laughs> uh. So anyway, back on to before Neverland, yeah, yeah, on the plane, Jack is just throwing a baseball up into the mask area, which somebody should deal with. <laughs> yeah, annoyed if I was sitting next to the kid who just smack, smack, smack. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, and then he he triggers the the masks, and Peter tells him, you know, when are you going to stop acting like a child? And Jack's like, I am a child, and Peter tells him, grow up. Like, oh. yeah yeah it's um that uh, that i mean obviously that's a huge huge thing in peter pan but i think it's a it's just a, such a big thing in this movie is like growing up is important i don't think so in in peter pan i don't think when they say like stay a child because that's dark yeah. you can't Never growing up is dark as shit. I think it's, it's you know, don't be an asshole. Don't become crusty like Captain Hook. You know, don't keep a, you know, just be a good person. 
and Jack is becoming an asshole. Yeah, well, you know, you, you emulate your parents at that young age. And if you're constantly, you know, neglected and just shown that your dad values, you know, his big deal more than he values you, you're going to start to, you know, that's going to get in your head. I've been there. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. But what you got to do is just, you know, you got to find you. You got to find your, what do you live for? And for Jack, it's baseball. Yep, exactly. Uh, so when they get to London, I love that Peter's constantly telling his kids to like, you know, spit out that gum and stop climbing on that. And just all he talks, whenever he talks to his kids, he's just telling them to stop doing something. Like that's yep. all he says to his kids. Exactly. I like, I like the scene when they're on the doorstep and he's like, he's like, remember where you are here in England, the land of manners and Toodles opens the door and he's like, ah, it's snowing. <laughs> Slams the door shut. And then Jack starts choking on his gum. <laughs> I love Toodles. Yeah. <laughs> Toodles is great. Yeah. I love when he's just crawling around like, you know, and Peter's like, what are you doing? He's like, I've lost my marbles. <laughs> and then, then Peter is like, he's like, hey, how's it going, Liza? Um, isn't he supposed to be in a home? What a great thing to say. <laughs> to your family you haven't spoken to in, I'm sure, like a decade. Yeah, 10 years. It's, it was 10 years. Oh, even he gets her name wrong. He calls her Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking, he's such an asshole, man. He is. He really is. And then Granny Wendy shows up. And Maggie Smith, like, she was 56 at the time. They used makeup to make her look 90. And they were pretty spot on. She looks exactly like that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, just to prove how well they did. I did not know that it was makeup until this exact moment when you just said that it was makeup. I she's thought just, looked at, she's just been up. 90 for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. More, Morgan Freeman has been 80 for his whole life. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> oh, my God. That is funny. And even in like, even as 90 year old Wendy, there's still this glint in her eye of like, I could have this kid anytime I want. Oh, my God. It's creepy the way she's like looking at him and talking yeah. about like, you were so young and handsome oh. and, I was, and I was such a looker like just it's creepy. Yeah, <laughs> it's creepy. Um, I do love her like look of surprise when Jack describes her, his what he thinks his dad does for, for a living. <laughs> and he's like, you're a pirate now, aren't you, Peter? And it's like the music sting. It's like, oh, shit. Yes, it's because he is. He is a crusty asshole, just like Captain Hook is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think the moment that really made me kind of hate uh, Peter at the beginning of the movie is when he's tucking the kids in and Maggie gives him a flower and says, like, I, I, like, I picked this for you. Doesn't it smell lovely? And he just goes, it's paper. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> How can you shatter your daughter's innocence like that? Just be like, stop imagining shit. Be live in the real world. She's like yeah. six years old. <laughs> the one scene that um, I thought Peter was completely justified in, not completely justified, but it was when he's on a phone call. Um, their mom is telling them to be quiet. Peter is telling them to be quiet and they just keep screaming. <laughs> he's like, shut up. Like, dude, he at that moment, I was like, all right, guys, come on. Leave. But I also do love that in that moment, Moira's like, you know, Peter, that's a mobile phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you can just get up and talk somewhere else. 
I love when she throws it out the window and Robin Williams' facial expression is so fucking good. He's like, you just threw the, okay. It's so good. Can't believe that just happened. He doesn't know what to do. Yeah, he's like, oh, oh my God. (laughs) But, you know, she gives... She gives him great advice. Like, you know, how much longer do you think your kids are going to want to play with you? Like these moments are, are limited. You got to embrace them and you're losing them. Mm -hmm. She says, yeah, she says, uh, you are not being careful and you're missing it. Such a, that's a power, power, powerful words there. Yeah. You know, I, I don't have kids, but I have friends who have kids and I see, I see them re-experience life and being a child through them and that's that's what you're supposed to do you're supposed to you know almost use your kids as like a an anchor to finding you know to holding on to your own imagination yeah which is what he does at the end of the movie yeah yeah he he figures that out it only takes you know battling a pirate to to wake that up (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and moira seems to be perfectly in you know capable of being a good parent, but Peter needed a fucking sledgehammer to wake him up. Yeah. Yep. He definitely did. Um, so he goes to the, uh, the like award gala and I love like everyone in there is an orphan that Wendy has saved. That was very touching. Yes. This is when we're talk about why I think it's gross, even more gross than, than I previously thought about Wendy. So on this watch through during this scene, I realized um, Wendy, well, Peter thinks that Wendy took him in because he was an orphan. And she helped raise him. That's why. Okay, so when they go visit Wendy's house, um, Moira says something like, you promised Wendy you'd be here, you know, every year. It's been 10 years. It's because she's his parental figure and she wants, she wants his dick, dude. It's gross because he's also married to her granddaughter. Who, who Wendy set them up by the way, which is extra creepy. Like almost like if I can't have that dick, I'm going to get secondhand stories. Oh oh my God. It's so bad. It's fucked up. Like the movie goes out of its way to like try to convince you to not think about it that much. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, he said, he said, she brought me in from the cold. She taught me how to read. I was like, whoa. Out of pause, I was like, holy shit, wait. Says she raised you? Fuck, man, that's grody. <laughs> I mean, when Peter shows up like and stays in the flashback, I mean he looks to be about 12. Yep. You you could you still couldn't read. <laughs> well, to be fair, he you know he ran away as a as a baby and lived in Neverland forever. Yeah, but no didn't, didn't Wendy teach him how to read like the first time he, she went to Neverland? Well, maybe not. She just told well, him stories. I think yeah. I think I think I think she just told stories. But I guess you're right. he 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 didn't read once. Yeah. I mean, he seemed to know what a kiss was. He did. And, Got a little date rapey with teenage Moira. Ah, uh, he he definitely did. <laughs> yeah, there's oh, such yeah. a dark underbelly to this movie that you just you only notice if you've been watching it your whole life. Yep. Oh, and Peter Pan. Peter Pan. Um, 
he definitely fucked the mermaids um, because oh, they remembered, the dude. Because oh. they they remembered him. I think the big question is, and I feel like this isn't asked enough, but I'm going to go ahead and take one for the team. How did he fuck the mermaids? Haven't you seen the lighthouse? They got the fish You know what I mean? Oh, God. (laughs) That that looks like sticking your dick in a razor blade (laughs) nest. Like, I don't know if that's, that can't be pleasurable for anybody. Oh, God, man. Oh, my God. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Well, anyway. Oh, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, during all this, Hook decides to make his move and uh, somehow comes to the real world, which, again, answers, you know, I, I think Tinkerbell has something to do with that. How else did he get the pixie dust? I think I know how also. So I read somewhere online. I don't remember where, but I read it a long time ago that um, apparently Peter Pan can like, not Peter Pan, Captain Hook since Peter Pan is like, um, he's, he's not an angel, but he's like, you know, the, the, the dude that deals with like happy memories and good thoughts. Mm-hmm. Captain Hook is the exact opposite. He deals with like fear. So apparently, I don't know if this person's source is, you know, like legit, but I guess Captain Hook can like infiltrate your nightmares like Freddy Krueger style. And that's how he enters the real world. But as soon as somebody like is no longer scared of captain hook he 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 goes back to neverland and in that scene um when the dog is barking that's when captain hook is in their room kidnapping them and then as soon as toodles wakes up he's like hook that's when captain hook is like oh shit and he's he's back in neverland so that's what that's what that's what i read i don't know i don't i don't know but um yeah <laughs> that's a neat theory freaky very freaky very um I feel like he could have used that power a couple more times, maybe kill Pan in his sleep or something. Oh, yes. If he wanted to kill Pan, but I don't think that was his goal, but I'm going to get there later. That's right. I think we talked about that at game yeah. night. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, but yeah, that scene where Hook kidnaps the kids is creepy as shit. It, it really makes his presence known as like someone to be feared. Yeah, for sure. And I like how they... um. I made the connection. I don't know if it was like on purpose, but I like how in almost every Disney movie, evil magic is always green. And I know this wasn't a Disney movie, but when Captain Hook um, is like stealing the kids, the light in the area is bright green. And I thought that was, I think it, it might've been a nod to Disney. I'm not, I'm not sure though. I wonder how, I guess Disney, I guess no one owns the rights to Peter Pan. It's public domain, but I bet Disney tried like whenever they do a public domain fairy tale movie i always imagine like they gotta be trying to buy the, the rights to this man they tried to fucking trademark the day of the dead because they wanted to sell merch fuck really yes yeah oh they God. they got in so much fucking trouble because when they came out with coco they wanted to sell merch for day of the dead so they tried to trademark the holiday that's 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 ballsy yeah uh, Surprised they just didn't go ahead and do it because, like, I don't think they've ever given a fuck what people thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh my god. That sounds like they got shut down in court and had to save face. <laughs> I think. I think that's what happened. Hilarious. Uh, I love the the message on the pirate parchment with the sword in the wall. Like, yes. your presence is requested at the behest of your children. Like, that is 
<laughs> that's awesome. That's intimidating. Yeah, that's intimidating. That's very intimidating. <laughs> also, thanks for the sweet fucking dagger, bro. Well, I, I love it. The- <laughs> oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, I-, I wonder if they still have it. You know, like they they keep it as like a souvenir. I would. Are you kidding me? I I would have loved if Peter brought it with him to Neverland, and that was like his sword. Like cool, but I guess not. I love that Hook also left like an intimidating trail of like just claw marks in the wall (laughs) to let them know like shit is not well at the Wendy household. Yep, I think um, for the reason I'm going to get into later, uh, I think it was all just a ploy to taunt Peter. Like, like come and get me, bitch. You know, also like, again, thinking probably too deep into it, but like scarring up the house, like Peter Pan scarred Captain Hook, like, you know, Captain Hook Mm -hmm. is scarred forever with the hook. Captain Hook is going to scar, you know. If this wasn't a kid's movie, he should have cut off Toodle's hand. Oh, shit. Like Left that pin to the note on the wall. Oh, my (laughs) God. That would have been so. (laughs) That would have sent a message. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> this is war. Nope. Damn. Uh, I have my own theory that the reason Hook can come to the real world is he, he's, he's either in league with Tinkerbell, who wants Peter back, or he's kidnapped every other fairy and has been using their pixie dust. Because there aren't, you don't see any other fairies in this movie. Oh, fuck. That is true. Yeah. And I guess, um, I don't, I don't watch it. Again, this is from online sources. But apparently in the Tinkerbell TV show and movies, apparently the pirates, they do that. They abuse fairies to get pixie dust. So I guess Captain Hook could have gotten by using pixie dust. But um, yeah. I forgot the, there was a like a Tinkerbell franchise. Bro, there's a, there's a Peter Pan multiverse. Okay. There's, there's a, there's a, <laughs> There's a PPEU Peter Pan Extended Universe. <laughs> That's funny. I guess there is, yeah. Which I, 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 I'll say this now. I think Peter Pan is a trilogy, and I think Pook is the last movie in the trilogy. Yeah. So other, I think the other two movies. So I think the first, not, not a movie, it, it's a three-part story. The first one is the original play, which is called The Little White Bird, I think is what it's called. It was the original story that um, J.M. Barry wrote, and it was about a, a boy named Peter Pan who, like, um, he didn't want to grow up, so he flew out of his baby carriage to Kensington Gardens, and the fairies taught him how to fly. So I think that's where it started, and then Peter Pan is the second part of that story, which is when, you know, he defeats Captain, Captain Hook for the first time, and then Hook is the finale. And I'll get into why I think it's the finale and a, in a trilogy in a second. I love how long you've been thinking about this. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love this movie so much. <laughs> this is I can honestly, I don't, I don't think I've ever put this amount of thought into any film I've ever watched, and I, I love this. I'm a psychopath, and then, you know, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. Um, I love that Inspector Phil Collins comes to help them figure shit out. And uh, <laughs> just randomly Phil Collins is in this movie. Oh. <laughs> I love that he's like, it's probably a prank. And they're like, 
our kids are gone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. This movie, this movie underneath everything is so fucking dark, man. Nobody cares that the, that the kids are gone. I guess. I mean, the parents do, but no, like the cops are like, All right. it, he even says, he's like, well, you know, with the, uh, he says the li- literary history with this family, which again is another, is another thing that I caught on this, on this watch. Peter Pan exists as a story in this movie. Wendy told the story to John and Michael in the nursery and told the neighbor who was J.M. Barry in the movie. Their neighbor was J.M. Barry who made Peter Pan fucking meta, dude. It's insane. And I'm not talking about Facebook. I'm talking about, you know, like the like meta, actual meta. You know. That is cool. I like that. But also I hope, I don't know if I've, I've seen finding Neverland, which was the a biopic about J.M. Barry writing Peter Pan. Mm. I don't know how accurate that was, but I hope this family got a good chunk of those Peter Pan profits. <laughs> I hope so. Because <laughs> that would be really fucked up. Well, they, they are rich, so I would assume. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I would love if Captain Hook showed up to J.M. Barry and was like, I read your story. <laughs> oh, shit. Where's my piece? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, but yeah, everyone's just, you know, Phil Collins is like, we'll call you. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I guess they take the note to an, an like for analysis, but they're like, this is probably some giant like escape room bullshit. Like this isn't real. Probably. And Their that's when, yeah, that's when Wendy decides like, all right, I got to spill the beans. I got to, I got to tell the true story here. And she tells Peter, like, you were so handsome when I met you. I like, I would loved you so much. And he's like, uh, granny, you're freaking me out. They almost kiss, dude. Well, she almost kisses him. They get close. She even sends his wife away. She's like, go go make some tea. And she's like, come here. Sit next to me on the bed. And then she gets all close. Oh, I love that he has to shut her down. He has to be like, uh, hey, grandma, you're making <laughs> me very uncomfortable here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, man. And then she spilled like, you know, you you have to go back to Neverland like don't you know who you are and i love the music playing like you know the chanting calmly happening in the background there as she shows the page and peter's standing just like that yes he he stands like that throughout the movie so often and it's so cool it's so cool that like um i think it was was it stanley might have been stanley someone some comic book artist he said that one of the most important things about a hero is their silhouette and you can, you know, their silhouette has to be very, like, you know, punctual. You have to know who the character is just by looking at their silhouette. And Peter Pan has a phenomenal silhouette because he always stands like that. That's true. I remember reading in the somewhere that um, yeah, it was uh, Spielberg in 92 talked about how Peter Pan is the original superhero. He said, yeah. um, Peter Pan was the first time I saw anybody fly. Before I saw Superman, before I saw Batman, and of course, before I saw any superheroes, my first memory of anybody flying is in Peter Pan. And that's a very cool, like Peter, I never thought of Peter Pan as influencing superheroes. That's, that's so cool. I just thought of like the superhero standing pose. Is Peter Pan. That, come, that came from Peter Pan. Yeah. That's Superman does that exact stance. Yeah. That's cool. That's, yeah. Damn. <laughs> This is the best movie ever. Critics, re rewatch the movie, okay? Listen to the podcast, then watch the movie, then 
redo your your show, or I'm gonna tell Will Smith you don't like his wife. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna send Dustin Hoffman to kidnap your children. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> uh, so now Peter's like, uh, he's, he's like, Moira, like he gets freaked out, like, Grandma's losing it, <laughs> dude. Uh, and then he goes, I guess they go to bed and he goes to the nursery, and Tinkerbell shows up and he freaks yeah. him out, yeah. The right thing is. I love when he's trying to swat her with a newspaper and he's like, the firefly from hell. Yeah. <laughs> Big old bug. <laughs> I love the part when uh, he's like, he's like, I don't believe in fairies. And then she says, you know, every time you say that, a fairy somewhere drops down dead. So then he says it again. She pretends to die. And he's like, he's like, oh shit. He's like, fuck, I don't know what to do. I love that he tells, she tells him that like every time somebody says that a fairy dies and he screams it at her. <laughs> yeah. Like, leave! Get out of my face! Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, that whole scene is really funny because she's like, you know, ah, I found you. Like, we're going to have adventure. And he's like, what is going on? He's like, I am losing my shit. <laughs> You're a hallucination. Like, I don't know why. I missed, like, I never took drugs. I missed the 60s. I was an accountant. <laughs> in, in the words of Scrooge, it was just a bit of undigested beef or something. I don't know, you know. Yeah. I love when she starts like pulling him towards the window and he like he thinks he's dying. He's like, there's my house way down there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. She wraps him up in a blankie and takes him to Neverland. And I love how strong she is. Like, holy shit. Which uh coincidentally is the same way Peter Pan got to Neverland the first time, wrapped up That's in a blanket, right. carried by Tinkerbell. That's right. Yeah, that's another like another older lady who knew him as a baby who wants yeah. to bang him. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Do people want to bang Peter? Which is I mean, weird a, because they all knew him when he was fourteen. But you know what? It's whatever. He's a hero. <laughs> I guess. I don't want to like taint the story of Peter Pan because I love it. But uh, you know what? I I don't want to say J M Barry has some uh, you know fishy things about him but i also don't want to yeah i don't know maybe well to be fair everyone was kids in the original peter pan wendy was a kid peter was a kid oh yeah this love this love thing only came from from hook oh yeah so you blame james hart he's, he's the creep okay cool yeah yeah yeah. good all right will do uh and then for me, this is really where the movie starts. I mean, I love the beginning, but yeah. once we, like when I was a kid, I would skip to Neverland. <laughs> That's how I do Harry Potter. I skip the first movie. It's, I mean, I watch it every now and then, but I skip it. I've seen Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets so many times. I, it's, yeah. it's white noise to me now. I, I do something similar. Yeah. No. Uh, I love that Peter wakes up and is like, Moira, he's constantly screaming for his wife. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. And I love the, the crocodile clock that's just spinning eternally. It's a broken clock. Talk about that later. <laughs> and the fact that this crocodile, I never really understood the crocodile. Yeah, is that a real crocodile? Because it burps at the end of the movie. I guess it's just waiting for, for Hook to walk underneath him. 
I guess so. I don't think Hook visits that croc quite often. I mean, if he's afraid of ticking clocks, you know he's not going anywhere near that thing. No, which, again, I have a question. That is in the center of Pirate Town. The leader of Pirate Town is Captain Hook. Why the fuck would you put a giant statue of the thing he fears most in the middle of the town? I think it was it was pride. It's like not like I killed that crocodile. I stuffed him. I won. Oh, fair. Yeah, that's his trophy because he can't kill Pan, but he can be damn sure he's going to kill that crocodile. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I love Peter's. Peter thinks he's in like fucking medieval times. He's like looking for a payphone. He's like that is so real. Yeah, <laughs> it's hilarious. And Tink's like, get back here. Like, I got to teach you how to hide. And he's just walking around in fancy shoes. All of that pirate who comes up to him and is like, I want those shoes. He's like, you can get them at Armani. At, uh, at Armani. <laughs> well, if it ain't the mother inferior. <laughs> I always love that line. <laughs> I love that he doesn't understand that it's real until like the kids grow up his face. Yeah, well, until well, I think until he sees his kids, he's like, "Oh shit, yeah. this is this is real." But even then, he's like trying to buy off Hook with like a check. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. So Tinkerbell fucks up these pirates. One of them is Jimmy Buffett, by the way, which I just love. Is it really? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know which one. I like to think it's it's the main one, but oh, yeah. I can't I can't confirm that. Uh, but yeah, Jimmy Buffett. While he's not wasting away in Margaritaville, he's hanging yeah. out in Neverland. Just find the one with the Margaritaville shirt. <laughs> you ever see uh, Jurassic World? Yeah. You remember the margarita guy who's like saving the margaritas as oh, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. are attacking? That is also Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. If yeah. something takes place on an island or has to do with water, someone's going to call Jimmy Buffett. There you go. I think he gets a cut of that. <laughs> <laughs> Any island shit, he gets a piece. Anytime you make a margarita, Jimmy Buffett gets a gets a little uh, gets a little dime. Little that chain. sounds like a joke, but honestly, I wouldn't. I'd believe it if somebody told me that. <laughs> there was a um. I used to, I used to live in Maryland, and there was a restaurant in Frederick, Maryland, called Cheeseburger in Paradise, which is a song Jimmy Buffett did. He found out he closed that shit down. Oh my god! Dude. Yeah, he sued them for trademark infringement. Got that place shut down. It was just like a little mom and pop cheeseburger place. Oh man, come on! <laughs> You're a billionaire. Come now. Yeah, you got Margaritaville. Is, is this really hurting your brand? <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. Uh, so Peter puts on a pirate disguise. I love when he args at that guy, and the guy's like, "How are you?" He's like, "I'm good." You? <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Such a random interaction. <laughs> and that's when we see the hook. And Smee's polishing uh, Captain's hook. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And <laughs> and starts parading it up to the to the captain. And the, the pirates are back, you know, behind him going, hook. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a hell of an introduction. Yeah, so good. Uh, I like I love how, when he, uh, oh, go ahead. When he comes out, um, you know, and everyone's like cheering and everything. And Captain Hook just straight up says, he's like, I, I, I fucking hate these people. But the puling spawn, how I despise them. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Which furthers the point I'm about to get into, man. He's he's done. He's tired of this shit. I yeah. Oh. Um I do the the scene where he puts on the hook and it's like that cool little flash. 
yes. colored lights. They had one take to do that because those were super like old, rare light bulb mixture things that like they had one chance to, to use it. So they had to get that right. With the you talking about like when the lights flicker? It's yeah, like, like when the when the, the screen goes black and like you see him put on the hook and it like crackles. Oh god, it's so fucking cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I love Smee's uh, "Good Morning Neverland," which is a clear reference to "Good Morning, Morning. Vietnam." Yeah, nice. Yeah, so uh, I love his introduction. I get the feeling he has to do this every day. <laughs> like, this is not just he got Pan's kids. This is how Captain Hook starts his day. <laughs> I would kill myself if I had to do this every day. I love that Smee has to literally roll out the red carpet for this guy. Or he won't go down the stairs. So where's the conference, me? <laughs> it's oh, it's a, it's a, it's insane. It's like having like you know pirate prince as your boss. Oh my god, oh, dude! Yes, <laughs> holy shit! Uh, so yeah, Hook comes out and it's like ah, this is great. And he's like, I am proud to announce we have his children. And everyone's like, woo! Uh, I do love when he's like, one of you doubted me. <laughs> I love that, like, who would dare take a bet against Captain Hook in this world? Like, he's going to hear about it. He owns Neverland. What are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and I love that the pirate he singles out is Glenn Close. Yeah, I had no idea until you told me, and that blew my mind. And now every time I see that pirate, I'm like, oh, I can see it. Yeah, she, she and Spielberg were friends. She was like visiting set, and he's like, "You want to be a pirate?" She's like, "Hell yeah, I want to be a pirate." <laughs> they painted her up and they put her in the boo box. <laughs> my God, the boo box! Oh my God, is there something a... similar to the boo box in the Mummy? Don't they like put someone in the box and just dump bugs in there? Right? That's yeah. They that's the home die. Another of my all time favorite movies that I know by heart. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Imhotep at the beginning because he, you know, fucks the pharaoh's wife. They're like, "Oh, you got to go," and they put him in a sarcophagus. They cut out his tongue. They wrap him up, and then they pour scarab beetles over him and lock him away. It's a brutal death, and apparently, it took a few hundred years for him to die. Oh god, that's awful. Yeah, great movie. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. I mean, I imagine like with everything that happened. Immediately after the boo box, I don't think they, I don't think they remember to take that pirate out of the boo box. No, he's still in there. Yeah, they forgot straight up. Stuff, stuff got way more interesting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Would love a post credit scene of just that person still in the boo box. Because <laughs> <laughs> they probably thought like, all right, Peter, Peter's gonna get her. You know, I'll get my kids. Ah, oh, blah, die. All right, get him out of the box. Better yet, like, what if, like, one of the Lost Boys, like, kicked it open and she's just like, I'm free, <laughs> and, like, runs away. That's how she becomes Cruella. She co- <laughs> Pirate comes out, crazy hair. He's like, <sighs> her character's name is Gutless, by the way. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so when Peter sees his kids, he immediately takes off his pirate disguise and is like, my kids. And everyone's just, like, kind of watching him like, what? Who the fuck are you? I love that Hook thought Peter Pan as a child had like six-year-old kids. Yeah. That's what he thought. 
which is pretty fucked up. But I don't think Hook has the best grip on reality. No, he doesn't. Definitely not. Everyone's just like, what, you're P-? I love that Smee's like, it's Peter. Like He turns to him, he's like, are you trying to do me out of a job? What's the matter with you? <laughs> yeah. Hey, dude. Dude, oh my God, yes. He's like, shut the fuck up. I love he's like trying to pull out his driver's license and Smee's just like, oh, give, give me that. And throws it away. Another detail I caught while watching this, um, which by the way, how the fuck did he get his dental records? That's a good, this was not a, a spur of the moment thing. They've been planning this for a long time to get his like his medical records. The That's impressive. paper, the paper that Smee has to like prove his identity was it like a, a amendment or something? The initials he says blah 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 signed TM oh TB <laughs> Tinkerbell bro oh my god Tinkerbell is in on it man I think you know she pr- well she probably got them the documents like she went and she knew where to go yes. She was in on this shit. I've never thought about this, but this is, I'm having like a Kaiser Soze, you know, holy shit, like usual suspects <laughs> moment about Tinkerbell tonight. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. She was in on it the whole time, man, but not for nefarious purposes. No. Unrequited love will make people do crazy things. Oh, yeah. Especially if apparently it's like Peter Pan because he's, dude, dude lays some pipe apparently. Like stories get around. Yes, so. It's because it can fly. He can do like weird angles and shit during sex. Oh my God. <laughs> what was she? She's two, she's six inches tall. What was she expecting? Bro, I'm sure they've done them. I mean, come on. The logistics <laughs> of that are frightening. Like he will kill her. With a finger, he will kill her. <laughs> oh my God, dude. That's so grody. If the questions are going to be brought up, they're going to be answered. You ever think that like experiment with some stuff? I mean, come on, like they had to, right? A little bit. I mean, I'm she's sure. got no other fairies to play with. We we see that, so she's got to be doing yeah. something. I know. Oh my god! And suddenly, <laughs> apparently, she can like make herself human sized, like one time. I guess. Yeah. So she can. She. Uh, I think it's that she can grant everyone a wish, but everyone only gets one wish, including herself, and she wasted it. Her wish was, I'm going to be big for 35 seconds so I can kiss Peter this one time. Not like maybe, you know, help him save his kids or help him fight Hook or something. Just yeah. only this moment. That's that's selfish. <laughs> well, to be fair, Tinkerbell has always been selfish, I think. She was selfish in the old, uh, in, the, in the Disney cartoon, too. That's right. Yeah, she tried, to, she tried to kill Wendy a couple times, didn't she? Yeah, she definitely did. In fact, holy shit, dude. I just realized she helped Captain Hook in the cartoon, too. She told Captain Hook where Peter, his hideout was. That's right. And then at the last minute, she's like, I can't do this. And, like, got rid of the bomb. I remember that. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't watched the Disney Peter Pan in a very long time because of the, the Native American stuff that I just don't want to see. <laughs> uh, I loved that movie as a kid, though, so it hurts. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to have to because Tinkerbell is a nefarious bitch. Yeah, she is. No, um, I, I think she's a horny bitch. There's horny, and then there's helping Hook send a bomb okay. to kill Peter Pan. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> letting God. Wendy get ripped apart by mermaids. 
Holy shit. <laughs> uh, so Peter is like, I love when he's, he tells Hook, like, you better let those kids go or you're going to need a lawyer and you better hope to God he's better than me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I love when he's always like, come on, Peter, pick up your weapon. He picks up the checkbook. Yeah. How much? How much? And he shoots that guy. <laughs> yeah. Which another thing is like, Captain Hook is just an evil son of a bitch. He doesn't, he has no remorse. He has, he has no, uh, he has no remorse for human life whatsoever. He, he just, he's surrounded him. by like literally just people he despises. There's the Lost Boys, there's the Indians, there's his pirate brethren, which he clearly doesn't care for. Yeah. Exactly. Smee is it. Like Smee's the only person he cares about. And even then, it's, it's not a lot. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, so Peter, you know, Hook's kind of like, well, my greatest enemy is a bloated lawyer. Uh, well, I guess it's over. He tells Peter, like, fly up there and touch your kid's hands and I'll let you go, which is, he wasn't mm. going to let him go. No. Uh, I, I like when he tells, when Peter tells Hook, like, can somebody give me a hand? And he's like, I already have. And everyone, oh, ooh, like everyone ooze him. Yeah. <laughs> Sick burn, bro. Damn. Oh. <laughs> and he's not that he could just jump on that thing and touch them like he's not that far like i could i could have done that yes um i was going to talk about it later but I, I'll, I'll talk about it now because because of what you just said um the scene later when um captain hook and jack are in the clock then they're smashing clocks and stuff mm-hmm. captain hook he goes a little easy on it on on jack he's like he's like hey you know it's okay your father couldn't touch your hand and Jack is like, no, no, no. It's not that he couldn't. He wouldn't. Like he, mm. he didn't even try, dude. Uh, oh, Cuts deep. Hook does some A plus manipulation on Jack. Like really, like the whole, you know, making a baseball game. You know, telling like this is for all the games your daddy missed. Like, <sighs> it's he's he's really he's he's working that that mark. Um, <laughs> so I, um, Hook's just like we're canceling the war. Kill them all. Kill them and, all. Yes. Yeah. He's, uh, Tink's he's like, like, I got the, like Tink's like, hold on, give me a couple days. <laughs> yeah, we can do you this. Know, <laughs> it's because um, I think Captain Hook. He, um, I think, I mean, he, he says it, so it's not like a thing, but he's um. He wants to. He doesn't. He doesn't want to kill Peter Pan. He had so many chances. He he goes back into the real world to take his kids. He could have just gone back and killed Peter in his sleep. It's not like just straight up revenge. He wants. He wants to be like remembered, which is the first part of like my huge, not theory, I guess, but thought process about this movie and the reason it's titled Hook. It's not called Peter Pan. It's called Hook because Hook is the main character of the movie. It's not Peter Pan at all. So I think, you know, he doesn't, he wants revenge, but he, he's in, he's in, he's in for like the long game of revenge. He, you know, he's like, um, he, he, he doesn't want the easy way out. He wants, he wants Peter Pan to suffer just like Hook has suffered. You know, he's, he takes Peter's kids just like Peter took Captain Hook's hand, you know, um, and, he's living through Peter Pan's kids because Captain Hook obviously didn't have a good childhood. So now he's living through the kids of Peter Pan, you know? 
yeah. he's all about legacy. I mean, he, he's, you know, he screams at Tinkerbell, like, I want my war. It's not that he wants revenge. He wants his revenge, his way, the way he's always imagined it. Going out in a blaze of glory, hook versus pan. He wants to torture, torture. He wants to torture Peter. Yeah. Um, you know, and then also, um, oh man. Okay. Uh, Captain Hook is obviously scared of the clock, but I don't think it's the clock he's scared of. I think it's the fact that like, Captain Hook has been alive for so long and all he's heard his entire fucking life is about Peter Pan. And he's sick of the endless clock that never ends in the crocodile's mouth because everything in the crocodile is built on like Peter Pan's thing. You know, I cut your hand off and fed it to a crocodile. Now the crocodile is part of your image. So is the clock. Like it's always going to be you. So I think that um, Hook wanted Peter to also be scared of I don't I don't know how to say I don't know how to put this into words Captain Hook is scared of clocks because he has so much time he's never gonna die he's, in, he's stuck in Neverland but he wants Peter Pan to be scared of time also because for him time is running out so you know does that make sense does that yeah. make sense yeah he, like, Hook's afraid that he'll never run out of time that time is he's trapped and the crocodile because it's a giant ass crocodile (laughs) uh but yeah i this whole thing is about fear and i like even at the end when he's fighting peter and he has him like pinned he tells him like you know you're not peter pan you're you're peter banning you're a lawyer who drinks too much and neglects his children this isn't real like he's he just is constantly getting in his head you know it's psychological warfare it's great yeah Yeah, there's so many layers to this thing (laughs) it's Great. It's terrifying. I feel like Shrek peeling an onion right now. God, fucking. When you asked me what movie I wanted to do, I almost said Shrek. You already did Shrek on Oscar Sunday. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's all good. Yeah. That was fun, though. Um, I love when Smee is like offers to kill Tink and puts points a gun right in Hook's yeah. face. <laughs> looks like Smee, let's just like and flips the gun. Like, no. Yeah, he's like, cool, you bricks. Me, hold on, man. They decide, you know, three days she's gonna somehow turn him into Peter Pan in three days, and that one pirate knocks Pan off the fucking plane. Yeah, <laughs> whoops. Uh, those, those hot mermaids, uh, French him some air, and he gets put in a big shell, ends up at the Lost Boys place. And they're all like, who the hell is this guy? Yeah. And they're just like, you know, he says he's, they think he's Peter Pan, but he looks old and fat. <laughs> and they're like, that's probably not him. Then Rufio shows up. Well, actually, yeah, Rufio shows up. Then they chase him through, through their yeah. compound. I love that. <laughs> like, Kill the lawyer. I'm not that kind of lawyer. <laughs> I'm not that kind of lawyer. <laughs> that's cute. Going back um, to set design, the Lost Boys like hideout again just seems like a bunch of kids. I I love the costume design of each yes. kid. Like you can kind of tell where they came from, like their time period. There's like you know some a 20s kid, a 50s kid, an 80s kid. Like you can tell just by the what they're wearing. Uh, Rufio, I think, was a pirate. Hmm. I wonder if he's like, what if he's Hook's kid? Oh damn. That is true because they kind of have like a little 
rivalry. Like, they've met. Like Rufio has a hate boner for Captain Hook. Yeah. Hook is like, you know, almost gets to be proud that he kills Rufio. Like they have history. Oh, yeah. And I, what if, I mean, Rufio is much older than the rest of these kids. What if he is like, I wouldn't be you know, he's not bound by the traditional Neverland laws of nature because he was born there. Oh, my God. Holy shit. That's crazy. Ah, oh boy. I wonder what if the reason he hates Hook is Hook killed his mom. <laughs> what if his mom is Tiger Lily? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> shit, dude. Because we never hear oh, about the shit. Indians. We know Hook has been killing them, but we never meet any of them. We don't see them. Oh, dude. Oh, fuck. Wait, dude. That's crazy. Shit, I'm I'm all right. That's that's new canon for me. That's how I'm watching. That's this canon. Yeah, that's canon from now on. Yeah, man, that's canon. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, all grown-ups are pirates. That's his declaration, and that's that, that backs that up. Um. So I do love the scene where, I mean, Pan like where Peter gets you know encounters Rufio with all the kids, and Rufio draws a line in the sand. But first, he like comes up to to Peter with the sword and like gets him right on the face and then oh yeah they did that scene backwards and oh. Rufio had to say the line you're you're dead jolly man he had to say that backwards and then they played it out and it actually like he did it really well when we're done recording I'm gonna watch that scene so I can hear it and see if I can tell I don't think I will be able to but yep. uh it's cool there's there's a lot of little things in this movie um he tells everybody, like, you know, if you don't believe this is Peter Pan, cross the line. And Peter's the first one to walk over there. Yeah. And Tinkerbell is like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, you're, you're making embarrassing me. me. Yeah, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> and there's that little kid who, like, stretches Peter's face out. And is like, oh, there he is. And everyone He's... rushes and it's like, oh, my God, Pan's back. I think that kid's also the youngest one, which I think is why he uh, he was able to you know, point out that he was still Peter Pan. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. I like how he, everyone just kind of slowly starts to realize like he's back, but he grew up. Yeah. And they have to, they have to whip him into shape. But first hook contemplates suicide. And one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Hook's just like, oh, like I, he's like, I just had an epiphany. So he's like, a piffy what? A piffy what? <laughs> yeah. All right, so this is my big theory for the movie right here. I'm going to talk about okay. it right here. I yeah. think in that moment, he's talking about, he's, you know, he's pissed off. He's like, fuck, he's like, this piece of shit is not Peter Pan. Like, I, I wanted to kill Peter Pan. I think right then and there, I think he legitimately did have an epiphany. I think, I think the suicide thing was, you know, for, like, you know, comedy in the movie. Um, yeah. But I think he legitimately right there was like, holy shit. The only way I'm going to get out of Peter Pan's shadow is if I let him kill me. I think the entire movie, Hook wants Peter Pan to kill Hook. But I don't think he's not going to be like, oh, kill me. But he, he's going to put up a fight and a big fight. And he's going to go out in the best way possible. And I don't think Captain Hook is dead. I think Captain Hook leaves Neverland. Okay. I like that. I like it. it is a weird death. And he jumps into that gator's mouth or crocodile. He does. Sorry. 
Yeah, and he's not there anymore. He's gone. They even say, where'd he go? He's gone. He's not in Neverland anymore. Yeah. So he, he was did. like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fake my death. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it's the only way to get out of... Oh. Yeah, so um, I think Captain Hook is like, the only way I'm going to get out of Peter Pan's shadow is if I have a big war... And um, just get the fuck out of here because this this isn't worth it. I fucking hate it here. I'm out of here. But like he he's Captain Hook. He can't just leave Neverland. So I'm gonna let Peter Pan kill me. Get the fuck out of here. I think it. I think it starts out like that. But something Smee tells Hook, I think, rejuvenates him when he tells when Smee tells him, "What would the world be like without Captain Hook?" Oh yeah. And Hook has this moment of like, you know what? You're right. And then he says it again at the end, like. After all, what would the world be like without Captain Hook? I think he's like, he was going to give up. And he's like, I can do this. He's like, at the end, he's like, I'm going to kill this son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then the crocodile starts falling down. He's like, oh, fuck it. Whatever. He does just kind of look at it like, oh, okay. Yeah, he doesn't. He, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's like, ah, all right. It's just yeah. like, this, this might as well happen. <laughs> and I think that's why Smee is uh, in the real world at the end. I hate when people watch the movie and they're like, oh, it's all a dream because Smee is in the real world. No, that is Smee. In the in the <laughs> that that's me in the real world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You had to think, you know, what about Smee? Didn't he? Yeah, what about what about me? Kidnapped the kidnapped the pixie, flew away with Hook's gold, and <laughs> set up in London. I, I'll good. buy that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do love this scene where Smee's just giving him half-eaten food and asking him, like, are you getting dramatic? <laughs> Clearly this <laughs> yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, not again. <laughs> He's like, don't try to stop me this time, Smee. Don't try <laughs> to stop me this time, Smee. Smee, why aren't you stopping me? Stop me, Smee. He's You're like, get up Smee. off your ass. <laughs> I'm committing suicide. This is not a joke. <laughs> And then he was like, don't ever scare me like that again. <laughs> it's yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I do love when when Hook's... I had a, a meme on my phone of Hook going, my life is over. <laughs> that would send to people when I was like done with something. Oh. I mean, you've lost your appetite. Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. Right. And that's when Smee gives Hook the idea to corrupt his children and mm-hmm. create a legacy. Because clearly yeah. Hook and Smee can't have kids because they are 100% together. <laughs> yeah, you think so? You think they're gay? Yeah. Well, I read that's how Dustin Hoffman played it. Like him and Bob Hoskins talked about it and thought like they're clearly a couple of, in their words, old queens. And oh, they, approached yeah. it to, they approached it to Spielberg and it was like, this is how we're going to play it. I don't like Spielberg's response because it does sound very uh, derogatory. Mm. He didn't use any words, but what he said bluntly was, this is a kid's movie. Mm. And I'm like, ah, Steve. That's not good. Uh, yeah. Mm. Icky. Yeah. Like, I, there's no gay pirates in my Peter Pan movie, goddammit. <laughs> Your main character wears tights. Yeah, which I always wonder, like, where the fuck did that come from? He just flies out of the tree wearing tights. He does a whole costume change, and his ears get pointy, too. 
They become elf ears out of nowhere. I always wonder, was that just like the way his hair was setting or did he just have a like an elf appointed elf ear? I don't I don't know, because I don't think Robin Williams ears are like that. Well, clip, we see his ears the whole movie. They're not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think it might be his hair. I don't know, dude. It... Well, Peter Pan's always I mean, Disney cartoon Peter Pan does have pointed elf ears. Like he's supposed to be like a cherub angel being. Oh, yeah. So I, I bet that was, if it, if they did do it, it was, an, it was probably a nod to that. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lost Boys start making a workout regimen for Pan or Peter, and he just has to do all these exercises, which don't seem like they're doing anything. I love when they try to get him to fly, so they hurl him in a giant slingshot. Into like, a I got his paint. <laughs> Think of a happy thought. It's like, okay, I want to be out of the slingshot. There's my happy thought. <laughs> I don't want to be in this chair anymore. I love the kids holding up signs of happy thoughts. Like there's one kid that's like, you know, gum, <laughs> bugs. One kid has birthday, B-E-R-F-D-A-Y. Oh my God. I fucking love this movie, man. <laughs> oh my God. It's, yeah. I think... uh after that, we have the, the 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 feast, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, because fun. he's so like. Uh, well, no. First, it's the um, when you're alone song. Oh yeah, first it's like it's Hook's first lesson with the kids, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like why parents hate their children. Oh, my God. And I love Maggie's like, like, "You're a monster." And Jack's like, "You're making some good points." Yeah. He's like, he's like, hold on now. He's like, he's like, you're on to something. <laughs> he's like, fuck, dude, she does read to us every night. You are right. I love how upset Maggie was that she got an F. Yeah. <laughs> like, how could you? You gave me an F. <laughs> there wasn't any assignment. He just wrote an F on a piece of paper in front of her. Smee flunk the maggot. <laughs> oh my god (laughs) the way he draws the f always irritates me he does like the two lines before the big line and it's disgusting it's it's how a bad guy would draw an f just to upset you (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i thought about that too like that's a weird way to do that (laughs) oh that's great i was Um, like what are you doing a frowny face oh fuck fuck you smee Uh, Thud gives some insight to Peter about happy thoughts. Says, you know, my happy thoughts, my mother. Do you remember your mother? And instead, like, you know, Peter's like, no, I wish I did. Yeah, it's sad. I love that it's implied that Peter's like two, three hundred years old. Oh yeah, it's crazy. And that weird. Just to move ahead for a second here, baby Peter remembering being a baby and hearing his mom say like he'll go to Oxford and he's going to be a lawyer. Like this <laughs> yeah. kid is like two no. months old. It's like, man, you didn't gain consciousness until you were maybe four at the earliest. Well, the baby remembering, but also the mom like planning out this kid's future that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess sort of Peter did to Jack, I guess a little bit. Maybe telling like like he never like explicitly says like you're gonna go to this college, but he's like, you know, you need to grow up, stop being yeah, you know, stop trying to break airplane windows. I mean, that's that's a good lesson. Yeah, he's like, you can't break them. They're double layered. You definitely can, man. Okay. What year did this movie come out in? 91. 
Ooh. Yeah, that's pre-9-11 air travel. Yeah. Those are breakable windows. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> I want to see... I, I don't want to see because it's horrible, but I want to see a little clip of the Banning family on 9-11. You can see Peter just turn and look at Jack, you know? Like, see? This is what happens when you play with baseballs on an airplane. All of his lessons go away from Neverland in like a year or two. He reverts <laughs> so quickly and he's right back to like, grow up, Jack. We, we don't do this on airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Uh, I would have loved to see like Jack escorted off. They have to land prematurely in like Iceland and Jack is escorted off the plane. <laughs> that would have been, that would have been funny if, if, or, or if he did break the window and they crash land on an island, it's Neverland. <laughs> you can't break them. <laughs> Everyone gets sucked out of the fucking. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, the oh, uh, Thud gives Peter the marbles. It's like here, Toodles left these. That's cute. Yeah, I like how they laugh because he's like, oh, he legitimately lost his marbles. Okay. <laughs> this wasn't a figure of speech that's cute um so then we have maggie singing a song for the pirates which is weird i thought she, is she a prisoner or not like I, I don't know i guess it's implied that like all these pirates want love they want something they want to have yeah. something and all they've got is hook berating them yeah and killing them, you know, whenever he wants. Yeah. Shooting through checkbooks and killing people. <laughs> Good point. Uh, but it is a, it's an odd song. Originally, John Williams, when he got brought on to do the score, this was going to be a musical. So he has like eight or nine songs he wrote for this movie that have never been released or like composed. And was Are You Alone part of the... I feel like they, there wasn't a lot of thought put into that one. Mm. It's, it's pretty basic. It's like, here I am on my own. Isn't it? Doesn't it suck when you're alone? I, I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but you know, Maggie can, or Peter can hear Maggie and know she's okay. And then there's a feast. And mm. I love, I love that. Like it's at first you think like these kids are, wasting away eating nothing but but they're not yeah peter just can't comprehend it's funny i think that's a really cool um not not detail it's it's a really cool yeah detail that i I like about this movie is um you know you you do think that they are just doing you know they're playing pretend but you have to remember that like neverland is a magical place magic in this world exists and that magic is solely from imagination and like childhood spirit so they are legitimately eating food but the only way to like you have to like adapt to this way of life of being a child which yeah it's pay to play but the payment is imagination yep and Um, at the cost of your memories and yeah yeah i don't i don't like the the dark, the dark side of, of, of childhood innocence. We're, we're going yeah. into here. <laughs> uh, I do love when when Peter's just looking around, like, 
what's the game? Like, what's the gag? <laughs> Where, where's the food? They're I also like, love when Rufio is like, everybody say grace, and everyone just screams grace. And yeah. Going at the food. <laughs> grace. Oh, man. <laughs> like, when they're like, are you going to finish that? And he's like, no, please. He looks so fucking pissed. He's like, no, please, here, fucking eat it. <laughs> I love that in this movie, we see him get his kids kidnapped. We see Hook basically mentally torture him, shoot a guy in front of him, refuse to give him his kids back. And this is the first time we see him visibly angry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. I'm fucking mad too. All these kids, you know, make shooting. What were those that they were shooting at him? They're just like balls covered in paint. They're sticky. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I've given up on trying to figure a lot of this out because I'm like, what is what's in the pie? Where's all this paint coming from? Why is there a penguin? Who built Rufio's like go-kart track? <laughs> There's a skate park in, in, in Neverland. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love when he's one run through and is like, ah, helmets. <laughs> yeah. Fucking 90s, dude. Jesus. They can't make a movie like this anymore. No. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Uh so Rufio's like, eat up and starts throwing insults at Peter. And Peter's like, yeah. you're a very ill-mannered young man. You know that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love when Peter's just had enough of Rufio. Yeah. <laughs> but also, they're just, you know, they're back and forth, you know, prison barber and just <laughs> nearsighted gynecologists. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Kids movie. Go suck on a dead dog's nose. Yeah, kids movie. <laughs> I will always love you lewd, lewd crude, rude, bag of pre-chewed food, dude. Yeah, it's so good. That is pure Williams right there. Yep. <laughs> I wonder how many of those insults he came up with. I'm sure all of them he came up with on the spot. There's no way nearsighted gynecologist was in this script. No. <laughs> <laughs> he, that is off the cuff, if yeah. anything is. <laughs> it must be so hard working with Robin Williams because... You have to yell cut because everyone starts laughing so hard. Him, Jim Carrey, and Will Ferrell, I would imagine, are probably some of the hardest people to work with. For that reason, definitely. Yeah. Um, I know that Robin Williams' uh, improvisation uh, lost Aladdin a nomination for Best uh, Adapted Screenplay. Are you serious? It was almost his entire character is improvised. So all of that dialogue was made up on the fly so it wasn't in the script so it didn't count towards the script so the script lost out on a nomination which is hilarious that is funny but fuck man that that sucks yeah Yeah. also there's like a ton more uh crazy shit he said is genie a lot of it uh was not pg they couldn't use because he was just riffing he wasn't thinking about it uh, and that stuff is like sealed in the vault, never to be released upon like his contract was like that stuff will never see the light of day. He didn't want Disney making money off of his image with Genie. He didn't want to he didn't want to want it to be uh, commercialized. No. Yeah. No. Have you heard his like stand up? Oh, he yes. is fucking nasty, dude. He's raunchy. He's lightning quick. But goddamn, does he go? Yeah, he's got no boundaries at all. No. I love the guy. Yep. <laughs> wonderful. I love he did him. What he in 98, he was uh presenting best supporting actress at the Oscars. And before he 
<laughs> as he was opening the envelope. He said, uh, to quote Adam in the Garden of Eden, uh, stand back. I don't know how big this gets. <laughs> oh, man. We will never have a comedic genius like him again. He was the best. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm sure these insults, I'm sure he and, like, I think Dante Basco is the name of the kid who played a review. I'm sure they workshopped some stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, hemorrhoidal suck navel is a is a personal favorite of mine. I like that. <laughs> so Peter flings some imaginary pudding or something at I don't know. They're I don't all know. just eating frosting. <laughs> no fucking diabetes and no teeth. And thud cheese. Don't forget about the thud cheese. The thud, the thud who's just eating his giant something. <laughs> It's the cheese. It doesn't have a bite taken out of it. Nope. So he has something else. Maybe he has two blocks of cheese. I wonder, do you think he sells the cheese for profit to the pirates? Do you think he has his own company? Hmm. Uh, Thud Bud Enterprises? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Where'd you get the milk? That's a good question. Never, Never cows. There are some prostitutes on the island. Oh dear God! There are oh <laughs> oh God! I'm ruining this movie. I'm sorry. They're eating hooker breast milk cheese. Oh, Is that really where we're going? <laughs> ah ah no! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Oh, that's fucking. It is weird that there's just randomly three hookers in this movie. Yeah. They start having a food fight, which is fun. And uh, Rufio decides to be a sore loser and hucks a coconut at Peter. And Peter slices it in half in midair. And it's like, oh, Pan's coming back. Such a cool scene. Oh, yeah. And uh, Tinkerbell almost gets drowned in frosting bits, which. Oh, she would have died. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so much frosting. And turkey legs, I guess. But other than mermaids, I don't think we see any other. Oh, and penguins. Maybe it's penguin. Oh, it could be penguin. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. In the one little Arctic patch. <laughs> yeah, it was tiny. It was just like a little triangle with one penguin. <laughs> and Peter Pan demolishes it. Yeah, he does. That penguin's going to die. Well, they're eating him in the dinner scene, so you know. It's true. Maybe it's pirate. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. They made a lot of Lord Lord of the Flies, like you know. What is this Lord of the Lord of the Flies preschool? <laughs> oh my god! Good stuff. Uh, so after the pan fight or the the pan reveal, where he's like, "I can do this," I think then we have the baseball game. Yes. Yeah, which is hilarious that they put that together so quickly. Yeah, he says, is there, because um, they do the, the the clock smashing scene, which, by the way, every time he smashes a clock, he, um, he says, like, what that clock is for, because he's doing it to get back at his father. Mm-hmm. And I love how quickly he escalates. He goes, this is for never letting me blow bubbles in my chocolate milk. 
smashes the clock. This is for never letting me jump on my bed, smashes the clock. This is for making promises and not fulfilling them, smashes the clock. This is for being a shitbag, awful father, smashes the clock. It just escalates so quickly. Chocolate milk, horrible father. Like, dude. Well, I mean, Jack had a lot of ammo. Like, he did. (laughs) Yes, he did. He had a lot of built-up frustration. Yeah. I love that chocolate milk's the big one for him. It's like... That's such a specific thing to be pissed at your parents for. Like, just don't drink your chocolate milk in front of them. <laughs> Go to your room. You have a straw? That's weird. Yeah, it's weird to use a straw at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I do love that scene. I forgot about that one. When Hook's just like, I smell a clock. And it's like, got a gut jack. Yeah. So he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't, you didn't know. Yeah, Jack's like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> oh yeah, he even starts to laugh the way he laughs, and yeah, he's like, "Oh my yeah. god, these people are crazy!" He's like, oh my god, <laughs> he has zero sense of danger from these crazy pirates who kidnapped him and threw him in another dimension. <laughs> Which I guess is accurate because you know, Amber Alert is a thing, so that's true. You know. I wonder what Inspector Phil Collins was doing this whole time. Because he clearly wasn't finding those kids. He was writing the soundtrack for Tarzan. That's what he was doing. He was writing a fucking banger. That's what he was doing. He was over. He was analyzing the letter and he's like, farewell, Peter. You'll be in my heart. And he's like, huh, that's pretty good. (laughs) Call Genesis. I got to set up the drum kit. Uh. Yeah, the uh, yeah, the clock smashing is great. I love that his like hooks little story about this this pirate named Barbecue, which yeah. is a great pirate name. He's like he was a great like great pirate till I gutted him like a fish. Oh my god, dude! Shit, man! And then took his clock. Like these are yeah. trophies. <laughs> oh god, yeah. And that's kind of when Hook just like tells Jack like you know when the time comes like do you want to be saved? It's like, oof, Stockholm Syndrome works fast in Neverland. It definitely does. I think um, I think it was more than three days, personally. I don't. I think time works a little differently in Neverland. Um, he, Captain Hook even says, he's like, has it been three days? He's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I think it works differently for different... For it's not people. like Hook has a concept of time. He's worked very hard to get rid of that. <laughs> he had to get rid of t- clocks. <laughs> ah, that's funny. Uh, so at the baseball game, the plan is like Peter t- steals Hook's hook somehow without Hook noticing, and it's that's how it's gonna. That's what's gonna send him over the edge to be Peter Pan. I love the hooks. Like, give me my <laughs> oh, I love that weird, like sensual exhale that that one chick does when she takes off the hook. Oh yeah, taking off your hook. God, <laughs> chill out, man. I love um, Run Home Jack so much. Oh, yeah. That's good. Oh, the hook's like, no, you idiots. It's backwards. He's like, fucking, she's like, fix it quick. I love that Peter is right next to Hook commenting on the game. Like, if Hook <laughs> just looks down to look at his champagne, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then when, oh, my God. When Captain Hook, he's, he's like, my Jack. Mm. And Peter is like, he's like, fuck. He's like, no, 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 no. 
My Jack. Mm. Yeah. But it is nice that Peter got to see his, his kid play a baseball game. Yeah, and he hit the curveball. He did, somehow. Magic powers. Do you see the Never. speed on that ball, though? Like the yeah. jet trail coming off that thing? Before Jack <laughs> hit it? Yeah. He's got a fucking fastball. Oh, man. Oh. It took a long time for that ball to come down because Peter had to not only like go back to the to the Lost Boys hatch, <laughs> he had to start climbing rocks, and then oh the ball my fell. God. <laughs> I love that it's a baseball to the head that jogs his memory, and he's like, "Oh, there it is." Yeah. <laughs> the shadow comes back and is like, "Come on." <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, Which if I saw my shadow, I would like move it on its own accord. I would I would probably blow my brains out. I'd be so fucking scared. I've seen so many horror movies. I would not immediately think of Peter Pan. I'd be like, that's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in I'm in the conjuring now. Yep. Oh, that is a skinwalker. Goodbye. Yeah. Ah, Babadook. <laughs> <And> just <laughs> try to turn all the lights on. Why can't you just be normal? Ah. I love that movie though. Like that's, yeah. I, have, I have not done that on the show yet. I, I keep Damn. thinking about it. I haven't committed to that. That might happen this year. Yeah. Um, so Peter starts looking around. He sees himself in the in the water as a young young pan, and finds the little weird tree hut he made with Wendy, and yeah. Tinkerbell's in there wearing a dress, for some reason. Could have told Peter about this anytime she was there for all of those <laughs> adventures. Oh god. Holy shit, man. Yeah. Apparently apparently she leaves out the time she tried to kill Wendy. Yeah, she, yeah, she definitely does. Yep. <laughs> Convenient. Uh and Peter's happy memory, his happy thought is being a dad. Oh. Yeah, to- I really like the part. He's like holding the teddy bear. What is it? He's like he's like uh Taddy. He's like, oh fuck, daddy. Holy fuck. I have a son. And and a daughter. He forgets it, he forgets that. Oh, I was watching it with Julie yesterday. And in the scene where he's talking, he's Peter Pan. He, he's finally Peter Pan. He's talking to Jack. He's like, hey, I had to find a half memory. And it was you. Yeah. I wanna I wanted a shot of like of his daughter being like, all right, all right, fuck me then. Thanks, Dad. That's that's the moment that like Maggie starts forgetting about him and she becomes like little hook now. Now he's got to free her from this Manchurian, Manchurian candidate pirate shit. Oh my god. Oh my god. That's now a you're focusing too much on right Jack. There. You're neglecting your daughter. God damn it, Peter. Find some balance. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, man. <laughs> I do love when he's he realizes he's flying and he finally has it. He's like, Oh, I lost it. <laughs> he starts falling. Yeah. yeah. I love how fragile that is. Like, if you just suddenly forget fleetingly your happy thought, you're going to plummet to the ground. Yes, you literally have to think about it the entire time. You ever f- tried to focus on one thing for that long? It's impossible. You'll yeah, give yourself an aneurysm. No, no. Man. He flies out of the tree in Peter Pan's tights. Never explained. Quick costume. I like to think he has um, like old school... Um, an Adam West Batman where they're sliding down the <laughs> pole. He just like slips right into the, the costume. That's what Peter Pan has. But instead of going down, he goes up, you know, so he flies like up into it. You know? Yeah, I'll buy that. I mean, 
I think it's crazy that he fit into his like 12 year old costume. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Hook even he Captain Hook even asks, he's like, I'm surprised your costume still fits. <laughs> it's yeah, he starts flying through Neverland, like, and the boys are like, he's back. And oh. I love that. And he's like throwing basketballs at kids' faces. He's like, play. <laughs> I was like, sir, you are still an adult man. What are you doing? This is child abuse. <laughs> it is. It is, Frank. Yeah. You can't chuck a basketball at a child's face like that. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and then Rufio shows up and his, gives him his sword. He's like, it's you. You're the pan. Nope. I love that. He's like, I will follow you into hell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I like because um, in that five page analysis I wrote, because um, I'm a fucking nerd. Um I wrote in there that I think Rufio embodies the um, the obstacle to become Pan. You know, I mean that that's what he is. Yeah. You should email me this. I want to read this. I will. It's very all over the place. I'm very bad at collecting all my thoughts and putting them putting them down. But yeah, I'll, I'll email it to you. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, I love hearing Robin Williams crow. It's like yes, hell yeah. So good. Ah, I can't do it. Otherwise, I would. Have you? Um, do you know who Pogo is? The musical artist, P O G O. I I've heard the name. I can't place any songs. So he's a um he does like techno type music, but what's interesting about his music is every sound that you'll hear in a song is from whatever movie that song is about. So he has a song called Bangarang. And it's sounds from Hook. Oh my God. And um, they he plays the crow sound like before, like the, you know, like the, it's not like dubstep, but before like the beat drops, it's, it's so good. Such a good song. That's awesome. I want to hear that. I'm going to look that up when we're done. Okay. Yeah. Do, yeah. It's, it's really cool. Yeah. I was reading the trivia that bangerang is a actual like Jamaican slang word. That- is it really? Yeah, it's a real word. It means something. I don't want to get it wrong. I'm looking it up here. Uh, bangarang. Yeah, Jamaican slang for uproar, disorder, or disturbance. So it's literally a battle cry for like making a ruckus. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. That's so fucking cool. <laughs> I Of course. That's awesome. Uh, I love seeing the Lost Boys get ready for battle. Like start prepping their, like jump, running into their costumes and like Hoping they yeah. stick and stuff like that. So good. And yeah. Thud is just like, I'm ready. Yeah. He just shows up. Take, make sure the ball on top of his head is adjusted well. <laughs> Limbers up a little so he can hurl himself into a ball. Yeah. Thud. Probably has to get a snack before he goes. You know. I would love if he's like going into battle, like a sword in one hand, giant block of cheese in the other. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have my, my snack. Ooh. <laughs> you should have been wearing a full set of armor but made out of cheese <laughs> oh that's great oh um so now jack is wearing like a hook costume which i, I love the, the wig and the red ornate i love that hook's hat looks like crocodile teeth oh fuck i never thought about that yeah, the gold inlay is shaped like crocodile teeth. Like he's all it's always with him. It's always about to eat him. That's cool. I never thought about that. 
Hey, also just to like further um, push your theory about Rufio being Captain Hook's son, um, their colors are inverted. Like Captain Hook is red and black. Rufio is black and red. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. they are so related. It's ca- it's canon. It's canon. One hundred percent. I read the original cut of this thing was three hours, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was a subplot they had to cut. I do love this movie, but every time I watch it, I think I think it gets to the part where he, he his memory starts coming back, and I'm like, wow, this is a <laughs> this is a long movie. I do. For, yeah, I didn't realize it was almost two and a half hours long. I didn't. Yeah. Until like, yeah. But you know what? It's so it's, it's become such a part of me. I don't even feel it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and those are the best movies where you can watch it for two and a half, three hours and not even notice the clock's running by. Yeah. And you get to go to Neverland for a little bit. We, we've been talking about it for <laughs> like two, two, three hours, two hours, maybe. I, I know this is a, this is getting, this is a long one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love that Peter manages to cut like a perfect silhouette of himself out of the okay. sale like 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 a poster <laughs> again with the fucking ego of heroes every episode that i've done on this podcast the batman i talked about how he sprays his gel in the video games in his symbol the fucking punisher with the bombs in the parking lot dude what is it with this thing man i don't i just realized that yeah you keep you keep getting like superhero episodes yeah <laughs> that's funny we got we got to shake it up next time. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love the look on on Hook's face. It's not like, oh, my enemy's here. It's like glorious death awaits me. Yes. Yes. Uh- Dude, that's another thing. Oh my god, dude. The line is I think it, it's in every Peter Pan movie. They say uh fuck, what was um death is the only great adventure left. Yeah. So fucking good. And at the end of this movie, when when uh, Peter Pan, he's, he's he's like he's like no no life is the only great adventure we have left, dude. It's so point, it's so poignant, man. It's so yeah. so beautiful, man. It's so good. It's great. It's a great lesson. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I love I love just seeing Hook ready for battle and just the whole time the whole third act he's got this smile on his face like yeah. this is all he's wanted for years. Yes. Uh, it's, it's great. Um, I love the Lost Boys fighting the pirates with like goofy shit, like yeah. a, like an egg gun and a tomato catapult. <laughs> Somehow they defeat this legion of pirates. Oh my god! I like how um, Robin William Robin Williams when they're shooting the pirates with the egg gun, he gets right up next to it. And he's like, "Bark, bark!" Like, dude. Oh my god! There's this no moment- other actor. There's this moment during the fight with Hook where like they stomp on the on the on the deck and Robin Williams does like two stomps and a horse noise. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, how do people not like this fucking movie, man? I don't know. I've enjoyed every second of this discussion. <laughs> this is yeah. Oh my god, man. It's such a fucking <laughs> <laughs> um so during the uh Thud rolls down the stairs a couple times, knocks over some uh, some pirates. Uh, gets cr- gets Crosby in the balls with a with a plank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rufio goes to fight Hook, and Pan's like, "No, no, no, he's mine." And then here's Maggie, and he's like, "I got to deal with this." And Rufio's like, <laughs> "He's like, yeah. he's like, hey, Dad." Yeah. Hook's like, you know, Rufio. Like this is. 
this is almost as personal as Pan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's I want to know that history. I want to read the original draft. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, man. I love how. Oh my god. Okay, so I was going to say Rufio's last words are looky, looky, I got a hooky, but it's not. Oh, Rufio's, my God. Oh, go Rufio's ahead. last words are, I wish I had a father like you, because his own dad just fucking killed him, dude. Fuck. Dude, I ne- How have we never? Oh, my this God. is canon. This is canon. This is absolutely canon. This is the. Ah. <laughs> Rufio should be the main character of this movie. We should be seeing all this <laughs> unfold through him. I think that would oh, be like, you know, shit. Captain Hook's abandoned son becomes leader of the Lost Boys when Peter Pan disappears. He comes back, usurps <laughs> Rufio's position. Rufio's jealous at first, but decides it's better for the Lost Boys and then confronts his father for the last time. Holy shit. Wait, whoa. What if Rufio told Tinkerbell to go get Peter Pan so Peter Pan would help Rufio? And the reason he was such an asshole was to make sure that he was ready to be Pan again. I'll buy it. Dude. <laughs> Shit. This is awesome. <laughs> it's a layer to this film I didn't even know existed. Yeah. It's only oh, there. If you, you can only see it if you believe. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Rufio's death always hits me. Uh, yeah, it, it does. Yeah. yeah. I mean, first, you know, he's, he's cleaning up. And that I love also watching Hook fight. I love when he, like, strategically uses the hook. Yeah, he, yeah, he does. Yeah, that's cool. He's just like, you know, grabbing swords and flinging them away and like attacking with it. It's neat. Yeah, I'm glad this movie had an actual fight scene in it. Like most like kids movies, like they don't really have a like fight scenes, but it it was a pretty long fight and the choreography was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, after you know, this is the buildup. This is the war. We want to see the final fight between Peter Pan and Captain Hook. Film delivers on that. It definitely does. Yeah. I love when Pan goes to save Maggie and that one pirate's like, wait a minute, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, I'm Peter Pan. The guy just jumps out the window. <laughs> yeah, he's like, ah, fuck it. All right. <laughs> not, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> I like my hands. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, boy. I love when um, when Pan decides, like, we're leaving and Hook's like, what? What? where are you going? Like, we got to fight. Where are, you, where are you going? Well, yeah, see, because that's why. I think that that's, that's another reason I think that's another reason I believe my theory that he wanted Peter Pan to quote unquote kill him so he can run away because if Peter Pan leaves, he can't die. He can't leave. So he's yeah. like, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, come back, please don't leave. <laughs> All of he taunts him. He's like, I'm going to go after your grandkids. I'm going to go yes. after your great grandkids. Like this isn't over. And, and that's he Pan's like, I got to deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's some taunting. That's an A plus taunt. I, my, I think my favorite line in the movie is when Pan says, what do you want old man? And the camera zooms in and Hook just goes, just you. Yeah. Like the delivery on that, the implications, like, fuck, man, this is this is what it's about. This is what it's all about. <laughs> and then the fight is beautiful. Just between like when the war is sort of over and it's just Hook and Pan. Yeah. It's good. They have good chemistry together. They really do. Yeah, they were great. Dustin Hoffman was the first one cast, and I guess they just worked with, like, tried to find people who matched his energy, and Robin Williams worked. Yeah, see, that's why I don't think Tom Hanks could have matched the energy. I don't know. No. I think he could have played, you know, mild-mannered lawyer Peter Banning, but Pan, I don't think so. 
Yeah, no. Uh, so one of my favorite moments is when uh, Pan bests Hook and hands him his sword and Hook scratches Pan's arm and Jack goes, bad form! Yes. <laughs> tries to <laughs> tries to go after him. Holy shit. <laughs> bad form. Boys are like, Jack, hold on. <laughs> oh my god. I've, I've turned bad form into part of my lexicon. Like, I use that all the time. <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah, so Hook falls after Pan, after Pan uses his clocks to distract him. I love that. Mm-hmm. He screams. He's like, ah! <laughs> like, freaking no, out. Yeah. That's why he loses his wig. Yeah, and he's like, give me my dignity. You, you <laughs> owe me something. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, when when I was looking up stuff for the movie, one of the questions that um it was like it was like commonly asked questions about Hook, like unanswered questions, and one of them was why is Hook bald? And the only answer was because he's old. I was like, yeah, that checks out. I mean, yeah, I'll take <laughs> <Is> it. it? <laughs> yeah, that's probably you know depression, hair loss, <laughs> yeah, or something. You know, he's ripping his own hair out from fear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Pan gives him an ultimatum like you're going to get in your ship you're going to go and I never want to hear I, like, you're never, I never want to see you never land again and I love Hook like a secret sword comes out of his sleeve and he's like I am Neverland yep so <laughs> <Shit>. good <laughs> I love the ticking noise that shows up in the score there as they get closer yes. to the crocodile it's like oh boy yeah. <laughs> and then it's Tink who saves Pan Finally, she comes in, yep. stops moping, accepts her her place in this in Pan's life, and blocks the sword. Do we see Tinkerbell after that? Yes, we do. When when Peter gets back to home, she's in the light, and she's like, "I hope you remember me this time." Hmm. So the last time we see her is running into Captain Hook, and then both of them are missing, and then and then Tinkerbell is back home. I'm telling you, she helped Captain Hook escape Neverland. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I wish we still had Robin Williams. I, I would I would start a GoFundMe for a sequel. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's got to be other people like us who love this movie. I hope so. I hope so, man. Next time they're doing that feast, we should go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we should go. We're going to be like that, that a meme from um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. With Charlie and the fucking board with you know all the red yarn and like look 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 you know what I'm saying Rufio is Captain Hook's kid and Captain <laughs> Hook is still alive. <laughs> We're gonna be like ask like if they do a Q and A with like surviving cast members, we'll be asking them like crazy specific questions about <laughs> lineage. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, so yeah, the croc comes to life. Apparently, has been waiting for this moment and supposedly he took i mean we just see him leap into the croc's mouth with plenty of time to get out of the way yes he did he could could have crawled away Uh, nope he stood there yeah it's almost like he's either accepting death or this is his escape route because how could this croc come to life without maybe a little bit of pixie dust which just got flung onto the statue when she blocked the knife exactly oh my god she brought the croc to life yeah I'm telling you, she's she's in cahoots with the hookster 
No, that was disgusting. I'm never saying that again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish every episode of this show brought crazy new shit to light <laughs> that made me reevaluate the film. <sighs> I'll tell you what, every, every episode I'm in, I will try my hardest to connect dots that do not need to be connected. I'm going to remember that. Because I don't know, listen, 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 Mr. Magoo's Wonder Report. No, sorry. Miss, yeah, no. Yeah. Forrest Gump is a sequel to Mr. Magoo's Wonder, Wonder Emporium. I promise you. Is that what it's called? Mr. Magoo? No, what Mr. Magorium. Mr. Magorium's Wonder Emporium. Mr. Magoo's that blind old man who won't get glasses. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man. I I believe it. I I love fan theories about movies that seem like they have nothing to do with each other but are absolutely connected in some way. I love I eat that shit up. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know um what I did see um actually on TikTok a couple days ago and it like blew my mind for like 10 seconds uh, stupidly, but it's um every single movie <laughs> It's so stupid. Every single movie that begins with um, this movie is based on true events or this movie is based on a true story. Um, they're all in the same universe. <laughs> they're all connected because they all really happened <laughs> in the real world. <laughs> that, that's so stupid, but also so brilliant. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course. <laughs> you, think, you think all Tarantino movies are connected? 100%. He's, he's pretty yeah. much... The character crossover and the, you know, red apple cigarettes and all that shit. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah absolutely. 100%, yeah. They were supposed to do, he was going to do a prequel of Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction with uh, Michael Madsen's character from Reservoir Dogs and oh, shit. Travolta in Pulp Fiction because they're brothers. Oh, shit. Yeah, Vic and Vincent Vega. Uh, oh, but shit. they both got too old and fat for it to be a believable prequel, so it never happened. That is they're both insane. dead in the movies so like that ain't happening <laughs> yeah pretty cool do you know that um have you seen django unchained yeah django is supposed to be the ancestor of a certain uh black private dick named shaft <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah well little, little stuff like that always makes me smile uh, that's great I've started doing that shit in my own work. Like I've got, I've written uh, three vampire Western novels and I've got a character in the second book who is a uh, professor who had a little entanglement with a count in Romania. And uh, yeah, so like he's not, but he is, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's fun. It's fun to do a little shit like that. Uh, so Peter goes home is a good father now. Moira asks zero questions about what the hell happened to her kids. Uh, yeah, that part always kind of weirded me out because like her kids are just like back in bed. Like what? You think Wendy told Moira like by the uh, here's the true story of your husband and uh, like I'm by sure the way, I tried to fuck him. <laughs> I'm sure eventually. Yeah. I mean after Toodles flies out the window I imagine Moira wanted some answers. That's another reason I, I I think when people are like oh it was all a dream, Toodles fucking flies out the window. Yeah, at the end of the movie. Okay, <laughs> come on. Yeah, I, I I hope he. I mean, he's an older gentleman, so I imagine his memory isn't quite what it used to be. So I hope he held on to that happy memory, or else there's going to be an old guy splattered oh, in the middle of London. <laughs> I like how uh, when he walks into the nursery, he's like, "Hello, Peter. Missed the adventure again, did I?" 
It's like, whoa. <laughs> it's like, toodles. Whoa. What the fuck are you talking about, man? You look, you're speaking normal words right now. Like, I don't know how much help you would have been, Toodles. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure again, did I? Imagine did Peter you? wouldn't have been able to train to be Pan if he's also babysitting a 90 year old man the whole time. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I like to think Toodles did just go back to Neverland. He flew back to Neverland. I like to think he did. Yeah, that would be that would be nice. Yeah, and they're all like, "Toodles, oh my god, you're ancient." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Thud gets to be the new Lost Boys leader. I love that. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah, he's the only one we really spend any time with. Yeah, that's true. Apparently, uh, that was all. Like the kids didn't know who was going to get the sword. Uh, oh. only, only Spielberg and Williams knew who was going to get the sword. So they're like surprised and their smiles is all like genuine. But I mean, come on. yeah, it's thud. It's always going to be thud. Yeah. I like how that one kid, he's like, uh, he's like, um, what is it? He's like, what can I be king of? <laughs> and, and Peter is like, he's like bugs, small ones. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that kid takes that super seriously and becomes like, like the bug king of Neverland becomes the Lord of the Flies. Oh my God! Oh! <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's everywhere! <laughs> Holy shit! So that's Hook. It's a masterpiece. It is. Uh, here are some film guys and facts about the movie. Number one. Uh, the kissing couple on the bridge who begin to float when some fairy dust lands on them as Tinkerbell is taking uh, Peter to Neverland. Remember them? I don't, but okay. As they're floating like over London Bridge, pixie dust has just fallen and it oh, lands on a couple yeah. and they start rising and they kiss. Yeah, yeah. That's George Lucas and Carrie Fisher. Are you serious? <laughs> yep. Good friends of Spielberg who were just there. <laughs> Carrie Fisher did some uncredited rewrites on the script. And George Lucas just follows Spielberg around like a beat dog. She made rewrites to the script. What did she change? I don't know. She's, she's done that a lot. She's a, an uncredited ghostwriter. She, she's ri- uh, finished off a lot of scripts over the years uh, before passing, of course. She's going to erase Rufio's father. <laughs> <laughs> I know she, she polished uh, a couple Star Wars. I know that. Huh. Yeah, so pretty cool. She's good, apparently. Um, also, I just want to throw this out there. Uh, David Bowie turned down Captain Hook. Thank God. <laughs> it would have just been Jareth, the Goblin King again. Yeah, it would have. Yeah. Um, have you done next, Labyrinth? I, I, we did do Labyrinth, yes. It's such a good movie. So it was good. cool. It was uh, Josh picked it, and I'd never seen it. No, actually, that was a book pick from the, from the randomizer. Uh, I had never seen it. I did it with Josh, and I was like, this is crazy. And he gave me his giant labyrinth theory like this oh. that was his hook was damn okay that's pretty cool <laughs> it's a neat one i checked that one out it's, it's really fun well yeah um number two spielberg admitted to being disappointed with the final result of the movie he had oh. such a hard time working with the rebellious crew of young actors that he later said only somewhat kiddingly that the experience made him wonder if he wanted to have any more kids oh my god which is <laughs> fucking harsh <laughs> Like, Holy shit. I don't know if I want more kids. These kids are such a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, they also felt guilty that he wasn't able to find an economical method to filming the many complex human flight sequences in the movie. Like, shit got expensive. Yeah. I mean, $300 million gross. I mean, it worked out. Yeah. Uh, however, after Robin Williams' death, Spielberg says he is now thankful he made this movie as that ha- was how he met Williams and became good friends with him. Okay. Uh, yeah. I read that uh, when Williams died, Spielberg uh, watched Hook in Remembrance. He hadn't seen it in years and he couldn't finish the movie because he was crying so hard. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that hit me. <laughs> oh, I had a similar moment when I was watching, uh, I think I was watching uh, Dead Poets Society shortly after he passed and I just I had a bit of a moment. Oh, man. Yeah, he's he did that to a lot. He in, he impacted a lot of people. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, number three, according to Frank Sanello's biography, Spielberg, Nick Castle was originally attached to direct this movie, and he'd been developing the screenplay for this movie for a long time. Uh, Hart and Nick Castle worked together on this. Nick Castle is the writer of Escape from New York, a uh, couple other good movies, and he played Michael Myers in the original Halloween. Oh. Yeah, and the new one. Very cool. Yeah, he's been attached to a lot of cool shit, and he wanted to do Hook. However, uh, once Steven Spielberg admitted, expressed interest in being involved, the uh, heads of the studio were like, well, Castle can, can fuck off. <laughs> yeah. They gave him a six-figure settlement, gross points, and a screen story credit to step down and let Spielberg direct it. So that is a hell of a, of a payoff. I wonder how that, I wonder how that worked. They walked up to him and like, hey, so about the movie you wanted to make, you ever heard of a guy named uh, Spielberg? Because he's going to be making the movie instead of you. Sorry. I, I would love to have the kind of clout where I could just go find small productions and be like, I'm going to do this now. <laughs> and thank you. I'll take that one and that one. Yeah, that's, thank you. that's wild. I, I hope I wonder if like that started a beef and like what if Spielberg started like follow Castle around and like steal his productions <laughs> like just started happening <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I know Nick Castle made a lot more money than he probably would have if he made the movie. Because I mean, Nick Castle's a great writer. I he's directed a couple things, but he's no Spielberg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I give Hook a ten. I've loved this movie my whole life. I don't care what anyone says. It's one of Spielberg's best movies as far as I'm concerned. Now I have a whole new appreciation for it because this is a dark fucking movie disguised as a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, it fucking is. Uh, yeah, I, I give it a 10. This is probably my, yeah, this is my all-time favorite movie. Um, It's never, I'm never going to get tired of it. And I'm sure that I ruined it for whoever's listening but you know man every time i watch it i I find something new and i'm gonna keep finding new shit about the movie and um if you don't like it um there's something wrong with you i'm sorry there is you're a pirate and you can fuck off yeah fuck off (laughs) oh boy this was a absolute blast. This has been one of my favorite episodes I've ever done. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me be a part of it. And I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, if you like what we do, you can always follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Filmgasm Productions. You can email us at filmgasm at gmail.com to send us suggestions or feedback, or you can send us a message to the socials. You can check out our website, filmgasm.com, where we have... Uh, articles, reviews of films. We got the Hall of Tens. 
We have every episode of our show, new trailers, all sorts of stuff. And if you want to support the show through Anchor, you can click on support this podcast on your podcast provider. We, we love donations. Uh, next week, we are getting potentially the greatest Nick Cage movie of all time with the unbearable weight of massive talent. It also made me realize we have never done a Nicolas Cage movie on the Filmgasm podcast. What? I know. I couldn't believe it myself. We've done Leaving Las Vegas on Oscar Sunday, and we've done Pig and Prisoners of the Ghost Land on the sneak preview, but we've never tapped into the cage well on the flagship show. We've never done it. We've come so close several times, but it's never been done. So you got to do like Vampire's Kiss. <laughs> That's going on the Beyond the Bad show. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> One of the weirdest movies I've ever seen, but definitely for the future, going to go on that show. Have Next, you seen? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. Have, have you oh, seen go ahead. Color Out of Space? I did. That was weird. Dude, that movie's so good. It's weird, <laughs> but man, it, it captures H.P. Lovecraft so well. We've had, you know, there's so many options to do. We could do Mandy. We could do Con Air. We could do uh, Knowing, one of my personal favorites. But there is one Cage movie that, to me, stands slightly above the rest. National Treasure? Not quite, but I do love no, it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Doing Face Off. Oh, man. <laughs> there you go. That is, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh. Cage versus Travolta, terrorist versus federal agent, and then they swap faces, and it's federal agent versus terrorist. Who's who? I don't know. Yes, I do, because I watched the movie. It's a great <laughs> movie. It's awesome. I'm so excited to finally do Cage here. <laughs> ah, that's going to be so much fun. It's an action classic, one of Cage's best movies, and the perfect film to ring in Cage's epic comeback. Oh, it's going to be a great week. <laughs> uh, don't miss Nothing But Trouble on Fridays Beyond the Bad, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 on Oscar Sunday, and the latest Fantastic Beasts film on Monday's Sneak Review. Until then, never stop believing in fairies. Hold on to your happy thoughts and keep watching movies. Mm-hmm.